Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I want people to believe in me, and I want people to believe me when they taste my beer. That's what it's about. You mean you laid underneath it and tried to put his tongue up the bung? (laughs) I liked it. actually scoop up the yeast Uh and look at it. 7 o'clock came real early that next morning. Yeah, man. Thanks for dumbing that down for us. You did an awesome job. It's all about food and beer. Punch me in the junk. Man, that thing was thick. The The point is just beat it like it's your dick. I like to smell it (laughs) afterwards. Are you being sarcastic right now? No. Bring your body armor. I ran into my jungle once on a ball valve in a kettle. That's a true happy Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with... Expert drinkers, this is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome myself back to the studio. Been gone for a long time. <laughs> no one else will. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well, be the only one. I got to do it. You were gone. Hey, oh, you're man. here. Yeah, got to do it myself sometimes. I didn't even notice. Ah, oh, it's good to be back though. I've been missing the hop grenade. I didn't miss much else, but I. <laughs> for some reason I missed the hop grenade. That's all right. Gone. Yeah, it's a good place to be. Good place to sit and drink some beer. And uh, we got to get right to it tonight because we got a lot of show to do, and our guest uh, is on a, a tight schedule tonight. So normally you have to listen to us bullshit for. You know, 45 minutes before we get to that. But now you just have to listen to that after the interview segment today. And boy, do we have a lot to do because I just got back from the Australia National Homebrewers Conference. Uh, Tasty was there. Uh, Nathan was there, although Nate's not going to be with us tonight, unfortunately. But we'll give you a little recap of that. Uh, We had some very wonderful hosts out there and and just had a a very good time. So uh, we have a lot to talk about there and a few other places I visited, too. So I got a little beer in the world update today and uh, some other catching up to do as well. So, first show in November. JP and, and the team here did a great show without me while I was gone, I hear. Yeah, it was a good time. I was very proud of you. People were telling me about it even while I was abroad. Awesome. Well, thank you. I couldn't have done it without the uh, entire team, so I appreciate everyone pitching in and uh, carrying me around. Oh, no, I heard that, too. So <laughs> <laughs> No, no, everyone yeah. was... Uh, even not... Sully had to come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I uh, heard nothing but uh, uh, good things about it. So thanks for doing that. Of and course, man. That shows up in the archives. If you didn't get it yet, you should go do so. I know there was a sour hour recorded while I was gone, and I'll get that up for you this week and uh, all sorts of um, excellent programming that happened without me, which, yeah. as usual, just lets me know I can leave more <laughs> often. <laughs> you can <donate>. Yeah. <laughs> sure Some, can. Something I've been wanting for years anyway is just for one of you to really just <laughs> – <laughs> outdo me and, in such a glorious way right. that I, it just put me to shame. And one person didn't. It just took multiple people to do it. <laughs> That's like, right. Finally, the, the sum is more valuable than the uh, parts of the unit or whatever the saying is. I will take it. All right, good. Yeah, I will we take it. We form like Voltron and we make sure that you can get out of here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so in just one moment, we're going to be speaking to our guest. He's an author of the new book, Sacred and Herbal Healing Beers, The Secrets of Ancient Fermentation. Uh, which is great to me because, and you, it should be to you as well, JP, because you don't like medication. You're afraid of meds and man-made things. And so this whole uh, you know, ancient fermentation and how you can be healed by beer, this is right up your alley. That's right. I, I need more excuses to drink yeah. beer other than I'm uh, awake. That's right. Heroin's natural, right? Heroin is natural, yeah, but it's herbal. It's but, it, but it's made by unnatural people. Correct. Mm. So. <laughs> so we're going to be talking to Stephen Buner in just a, a, a couple of moments. Uh, all about the book. It's good. I've been I've been recommending this book. Uh, still on Scott for the show. Uh, we used to work at More Beer. All right. Uh, it was a, a, a really big seller at More Beer. I don't know what, what, if it's there now. I imagine it is. But it's it's one of like the go to books if you if you want to brew gruits and you want to uh, experiment and do a lot of experimental brewing. Uh, if you don't like hoppy beers or if you don't want to deal with that, it's a fantastic book for that. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of recipe info and some of the recipes apparently contain some questionable uh, adjuncts. Oh, like even better. Jimson weed and things that are uh, quote poisonous end quotes. So I'll be interested Coca to hear. Coca leaves. Stephen's take on <laughs> that. Yeah. Oh. It's all natural. Yeah. The recipe with the cocoa leaves is just step one, eat the leaf. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So we've got Steven on in just a, a couple of minutes. Uh, let me do this first. Do we have a Twitter game for today? We do have a Twitter game. All right. Our Twitter game is brought to you today by our good friends down at HopTech Homebrewing Supplies. Go check them out at HopTech.com. Jade and Roberto are good people doing good things for you, and they've been supporting our show for quite some time. So go check them out down at HopTech. What's our Twitter game? Well, our Twitter game is, uh, as everyone uh, knows, and, and you so eloquently put it, that you're back. And that's good. Okay. Uh, but I want to know what sort of bizarre Aussie customs did you pick up along the way, along your travels? I mean, do you now, like, mm-hmm. spit into your neighbor's eye before you take a drink? Uh, or, uh, you know, whatever, stand on your head and pass wind uh, while complimenting a <laughs> lady? It's uh, very Australian, by the way. I don't know what yeah. happens, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I've called the bathroom the loo before since I've been back. Go to the See, loo. Yeah. Yeah, you go. Some, it's much easier to say. I think it's loo. very sexist. Rolls uh, right off. You know, why can't it be Louise? It's kind of. Um, Maybe it is. I yeah. don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to go to the Louise. Shit. I'm doing it wrong. I got this wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Just curious. See what everyone thinks uh, you, you, you do now. All right. That's our Twitter game. What habits did I pick up while in Australia? All right. Well, straight away, we've got Stephen on the line right now. Uh, Stephen Buner, how are you today? Good. How are you doing? Doing wonderful. Thanks so much for being on the program with us. You're welcome. Thank you. So uh, I'd like just a little bit of author history because... Uh, Obviously, uh, Sacred and Herbal Healing Beers isn't uh, your first book. And in fact, I think you've written something like 20. Is that right? Yeah, 20 at this point. Actually, uh, that was my third book. All right. It came out a while ago. Okay. And um, it was kind of interesting. I'd written a book for a small publisher in Colorado, and my editor moved on to a brewing publisher. And she started writing me, oh, gee, about every month, asking me to write something for him because 
she thought the the brewing books were kind of boring. And she said, you know, you were talking to me about you used to do spruce beers and things like that, so uh, do something for us. And it took about a year, and then she convinced me, and I did it. And sort of serendipitously, right at that same time, Alan Eames, if you know who he was, so he was a beer anthropologist, yeah, and which I thought was a great job. And he heard what I was doing, and he said, fly out to my house in Vermont, that I have the best beer library in the world. And I, so I spent a nice week out there, and that's sort of how that happened. Did beer go along with that visit? Not a lot you. of beer went along with that. <laughs> okay. You can't just offer books to, a, to an author. you got to offer beer, too, right? right? Yeah. Well, if, it's, if I'm writing a book on beer, I mean, it would be contraindicated to drink anything else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What got you interested in, in the herbal nature of, of beer, and uh, grew it for that matter? Well, I've been in, really involved in uh, plants as medicines for quite a while before the book was written. Let's say, you know, 10 years, maybe something like that. And. The weird thing is, I had done a lot of home brewing. You know, Colorado is kind of a hotbed of home brewing with Charlie Papazian and the Association of Brewers and everything out there. And they did a lot to, I mean, back then it was illegal. And so we were all kind of sneaking around, you know, it was like the whole surreptitious underground alcohol drug industry, you know, in the yeah. United States. And uh, getting supplies was tough. But. There were a lot of us doing that then, but you know, like a lot of people, I just kept the beer stuff was in one compartment of my brain, the herb stuff was in another compartment of my brain, and for some reason I never really blended those two, you know, until my my editor just pushed on me about it, and then it turned out there was this incredible history of brewing with plants that, you know, hops didn't really get introduced till about 15, in the 1500s, and it's, it really what didn't become dominant till after World War II, so, you know, it's got a very new kind of presence on the scene, and these other plants said history is going back two, three, four thousand years, so it was really an eye-opener for me. Which really kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Because we know that fermentation came first, but it was probably rather boring, and in fact, maybe even disgusting, some of the first naturally fermented beverages. So people probably started putting things in there to make it taste better. (laughs) Uh, Do you have much of the history of how that started to happen? I like this thing. That's that's sort of a weird way to think about it, you know? But the interesting thing is, from our point of view, yeah, a lot of the early stuff would be disgusting to us. I mean, because a lot of the African beers that they make are still very much the way they've been making them for thousands of years and in a lot of the tribal groups there. And it's more like a, almost like a porridge, you might say, because they don't really remove the grain after it's fermented. And so it's, it becomes this very nutritious food dynamic that's, uh, you know, the protein content doubles, the vitamin B content goes way up. So it's a very incredible fermented food that also has the advantage of getting you, you know, kind of high when you consume it. But, you know, that other thing about adding for taste, that was, you know, the a lot of people talk about how hops is intended to preserve it because it's so antibacterial, which it is. And they like the bittering because it offsets, you know, the, the sweetness of the barley. But really, People have been adding plants into 
um, fermented ales for a long time. I, I mean, most indigenous cultures, even though and most people don't realize this, they fermented all throughout North and South America. It was really huge for them. And so pretty much every culture does, and they would explore a lot with adding this plant or that plant, you know, to make it more... Um, so it would last longer to improve the flavor. It's a lot like cooking in that sense. So uh, there was just a lot of different reasons for it, but that was definitely some of them. Okay. And, uh, I mean, herbs and plants were being used in other parts of, of people's diet and in health and in, and in healing, so I suppose it made sense to combine it with fermentation in the same regard. Well, the, the fascinating, the English were the ones that really came up with a neat thing, and they did this thing that was completely unique in the whole history of the world, pretty much. There's a couple of other examples in uh, Tibet, a few in China, but really mostly it was the English, and they, they came up with this great idea because, you know, doctors didn't have pharmaceuticals the way we think of them um, now, and they were using plants as their primary medicinal agents, a few other things as well, but the the thing is, is that they would work mostly with really strong teas, infusions or decoctions that they would make really strong from boiling. But the problem is that these things didn't last very long, especially without refrigeration. And they came up with this marvelous idea of, they thought, well, what would happen if we made the herbal infusion that somebody's going to take like Hawthorne for um, modulating their heart function? And then we fermented it and cast it or bottled it. It would last forever, and which it did. And they developed an incredibly sophisticated herbal, so kind of fermented herbal pharmacopoeia that was just really amazing. And, and, you know, the other cool thing about it is, like, imagine the patient compliance. You know, it's like, okay, Bob, you have to go home and drink three of these beers every night. Right. You know, and it's like the people loved it. It was a fantastic innovation. Yeah, you know this, oh, good. Well, this antibiotic problem that we have where people don't finish their antibiotics, so they you become immune to them. We have a big problem in, 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 the, in the world now with becoming immune to antibiotics. You'd have no problem finishing your prescription. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't no have way. any problems. No, no. Listen, have as to, a matter of fact, I haven't had any problems with it. <laughs> right. uh, sir, you're going to have to finish all 12 beers in the next week. And, <laughs> right. You know. But by the, you know, back then it was not, you know, probably every hour. is like uh, every, you know, third candle rotation that you have to do in your house. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> Whatever, right? Like uh, that's completely absurd. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard the show before. Yeah. Right. I have not heard the show before, but I'm, I'm definitely not a virgin anymore. If you're, yeah. if you're yeah. not finished by the next brush fire, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. uh, we're absurd. <laughs> Uh, so talk to us a little bit more about fermentation, because the the book is uh, aptly named, the, the subtitle is The Secrets of, of Ancient Fermentation. So can you give us a little bit of the history of fermentation? Yeah, you know, the people in the past have worked with it really differently than we do. We've been really sort of infected by the whole German approach, which really came out of the you know, the German Beer Purity Act in the 1500s, and, and England sort of followed suit later, and, you know, they really pretty much prohibited the use of any other um, uh, substances besides hops and barley and, and, you know, water and things like that. So, uh, you know, but this, there's this whole other sort of world out there that's very, very different that most people don't know about. I mean, when you think about... So many of the native tribes in North America that fermented every year, 
And then when certain fruits, like the squaro cactus fruits, would come into bloom, then, you know, and they would get ripe, they would harvest those. And then they had these marvelous traditions and ceremonies around the fermenting of the beer and the drinking of it. And, and you see this in culture after culture after culture. And I've got some great stories in there about how the Norwegians did this most magnificent stuff making their juniper ales, which is actually a marvelous ale, by the way. And, you know, they, they had this, they didn't think in the sort of scientific or pseudoscientific way that most brewers do now. They had this very deep relationship with the process. And, and, and you have to imagine how magical it would be. I mean, to get an idea of it, just imagine if you live someplace where, you'd, where it had never frozen before, it never got that cold, and water was just water, right? And then all of a sudden you go to some place and it gets cold, and then all of a sudden you see the water change. It would be one of the most miraculous things that you'd ever seen. And we, we just take that as a common event now. But fermentation was very much like that. They knew there was this incredible process going on, that, and they had very clear procedures for how to deal with it, and they would work to get just the best kind of yeast because of flavor, and when they got one that they liked, they would then, you know, the Norwegians would keep it in what was called a brewer's log that they would put in the little a piece of wood they would put in the bottom of the vat, and the the yeast would settle into that, and they would take it out and dry it and then add it to the next one. So it just kept kind of like a uh, sourdough starter yeast or something. Sure. And so it was just this most marvelous thing, and the cultures were separated and didn't have that much contact. And so there was these just marvelous relationships that I talk about in there, about their relationship to the magic of fermentation, because for them that sense of wonder really never faded when it occurred and they would then drink this miraculous thing that happened and they would feel very different and they really liked how they felt and right. so and and, and there's interestingly enough too as i mentioned earlier the the nutritional dynamics of what they were fermenting it increased so substantially that it became a major part of people's diet all around the world it's really a phenomenal thing that we've sort of lost sight of, you know, getting into the clarified kind of hopped beers that, that's basically what most people know now. Sure. Which I want to talk to you about a little bit later, maybe in the second half of our interview, um, when, we, when we get into hops. Because as you point out, that's a, a fairly new development, especially in the entire history of fermentation. Yeah. Uh, fermentation's fascinating to me. I do wonder, it, it, I like that you point out that it, it makes us feel good. And it always did. And of course that was a selling point back then, too. <laughs> yeah. And not just that, it was it was probably magical. It was something like, what just happened? Oh, definitely. Uh, because, the, yeah, I mean, if you don't even know... The chemistry wasn't there to say what was happening, right? right. So, I mean, at the, you know, at that point, you probably don't even know why the fiery ball in the sky comes up right. <laughs> from the mountain, right? And then suddenly you drink this thing that has been sitting out, and it kind of looks all muddy and weird and smells funky, but... And your mate's attractive all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden. Ten minutes yeah. later, you're like... You know that yeah. funky. I need but to grow my... They brain. weren't that different than us. They had a great sense of smell, and they knew great flavor and great cooking. I mean, you know, you have to think about some of the Thai food, the Moroccan food, it's been being prepared for thousands of years, and how tasty that stuff is. So, yeah, yeah, it was real different than us, and it had, they had a real different sense of, you know, we're like overly clean in kind of our antibacterial frame of reference, but they were more, you know, messy in that way. But nevertheless, the flavors of the things they came up with were astonishing, and when you read the accounts from travelers from 
centuries ago where they would encounter these incredible ales, like in uh, South America, for instance, where they would um, encounter chichas for the first time made from fermented corn with the addition of various fruits. They would talk about just the magnificent taste that these things would produce. So, you know, there's a whole culinary sophisticated flavor dynamic that we've really gotten away from um, by moving into this sort of uh, German orientation around beer. So it was really not quite as unsophisticated as we think. It was just different. Excellent point. Yeah. I wonder, do you think it's changed, you know, in, in with the sort of modern craft beer movement? I mean, is there a movement back towards that sort of, or I guess maybe away from the clean, clear, hoppy, you know, now there's wild this and unfiltered that and sour. Yeah, and, leaving yeah. leaving right. leaving your roof open right. to wild yeast. I mean, do you see us going sort of forwards? Backwards? Yeah, I, I really do see that. And the craft beer movement is really doing some magnificent things. And you know, when I put this book out, it came out in '98, and I had no idea it was going to have the kind of impact that it had, which was it sort of gave everybody a place to start. It, it allowed them to sort of tap into this marvelous history that really very few people knew about. And they started experimenting. I mean, I think Dogfish Brewery is doing some of the most magnificent stuff in the world now. I mean, they're really on the leading edge. And there's five or six now breweries around that are experimenting and making just some absolutely marvelous stuff. And so we're starting to really sort of reclaim this tremendous history that we haven't had before. And I, just one thing, for instance, is most people don't know that if you, you know, bottle ferment a beer and then you let it sit year after year after year, just like wine, that the flavor improves and it becomes just some, one of the most marvelous things over time. It, it, it ages and matures just like wine. So we've got this huge, huge kind of, area of exploration that's just now barely starting to come out and it's very common for me when i travel around the world many places in europe and in the united states i'll run across these most marvelous herbal beers that people are doing in small breweries now and it's just it's just magnificent so how do you i agree with you about aged beers and i think there's a trend now to age different beers we, we've talked about it a lot on this show what what beers lend themselves to aging what do you how do you account for things like oxidation are those just hop forward beers um because a beer can become more complex but there's also seems to be a point of diminishing returns with aging beer as well yeah and that's something that we just don't know yeah. it's it's like the We've lost the knowledge base for that, and it's being reclaimed by these these new generations of people now that aren't really sort of constrained by the old forms. Yeah, you know, some of the beers are going to get much much better with aging. Some of the beers are not. It's like the nouveau wines that come out. They're it's only really good for a short period of time before it begins to decay. And other wines are marvelous for years. I mean, probably one of the best beers that I made that aged well was one that I, it was an absinthe ale, and that Wormwood um, was tremendously bitter um, in the first three or four months after, and I let it sit for a year and a half, and oh, it just had the most marvelous flavor, so it's, it's sort of something somebody really needs to do is to begin to make these wide ranges of ales, get the flavors down the way they need, and then hmm. see which ones age, you know. It's just, I mean, there's so much potential there. 
I am so glad nobody has poured an absinthe beer at one of my beer festivals. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I, I would try. Oh, it. I'm sure it tastes wonderful. I, in fact, uh, Stephen, I'd sit and drink it with you all night long. Right. Uh, but yeah. that's what I'm worried about. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I like both of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> what happens then? Uh, that's an, I've never even heard of a, somebody putting wormwood in a beer. That's interesting. In wormwood the, was one of the major um, adjuncts before hops because it's tremendously bitter and it's incredibly antibacterial. So it actually is better than hops in that those dynamics. And um, do you know? Did it, it also has the added aspect of getting you kind of high. But you know, it's uh, it's good. Yeah. Did it fall out of favor along with absinthe? Is that when it kind of got removed from? Being used in it was, that was sort of the final kind of bell that was rung on that deal. And it was really, there were still quite a few marvelous herbal beers being produced through World War II. But after that, then with the massive industrialization around the world and because of prohibition in the States, all of those tiny breweries making unusual stuff went, on, went under. And so when we got back into it, it was pretty much just regulated for hops. Hmm. So that's sort of how that happened. Can you give me some examples of uh, other adjuncts and other herbs you talk about in the book that were common to be used? Oh, sure. Like, for instance, you know, ginger ale. Most of the pops that we know now were actually alcoholic beverages originally. Like, root beer was an alcoholic beverage that was prepared for people. It was a spring tonic for kind of getting your blood cleansed, and sarsaparilla, which we all have heard about, that was also alcoholic. And um, But ginger beer, for instance, or ginger ale as we now know it, that was the number one best-selling fermented beverage in the United States in 1776. Wow. That's what the colonists were mostly drinking back then. So those, and, and uh, ginger beer is absolutely marvelous in the winter because it's so stimulating and warming, and it's just an incredibly good one. Um, yarrow ale, of course, is one of my major favorites. Nettle beer was something that was done quite often early in the year as soon as the nettles would come up because the protein content of nettles is really high, and when you ferment it, it about doubles. You start getting about 24% protein. And it, oddly enough, the one flavor that I can compare it to, though it doesn't taste like this, is minestrone soup. And the reason I say that is because I don't know if you know that there's another part of our tongue that can taste protein content, which the Japanese have given it some strange name, which I can never remember. Umami. So it's umami. not, it's, you know, sweet, sour, and bitter, and all of that stuff we can taste. But we can also taste protein, and nettle beer is so high in it that it, the only thing I can think of is some sort of a beef stock kind of mm. thing, because it stimulates that part of the tongue. And and then, of course, there's coriander ale, which the root, I mean, sorry, not coriander. <laughs> I love coriander ale anyway, but <laughs> gruit, which the root of gruit was really gale, marsh rosemary, and yarrow. And then they would add a bunch of other adjuncts to it. And gruit was really the major, it was kind of the established beer of Europe for a thousand years before hops took over. And uh, it's really, it's fantastically good, I think. How are these beers made? Is it the same process where you'll you'll mash grain and then you add uh, things uh, in into the boil like you would hops, or does it all kind of just happen in a mash? No, it's exactly the same. I mean, and, and there's a lot of people playing around with different versions of it. I mean, if you ever get 
on the Dogfish Brewery website, you can see all these crazy things they're doing. I mean, they're just amazing. Like, yeah. uh, they had pictures of them because they were going to make a chicha beer, and they, they actually make a number of beers not for bottling for sale, but just available in their brewery, so to speak, in their pub there. And it just showed them all sitting around because they were using the traditional Incan and Aztec way of making it, which is you take... Uh, uh, cornmeal that's powdered very fine, and then you put it in your mouth and mix it with your saliva, and you sort of press it against the roof of your mouth, and then you pop it out, and you get these little kind of denture-shaped things, and you make a couple of hundred of those, no. right? Yes. And the thing is about the saliva in our mouths is that it begins the conversion of starch to sugar. And so once that conversion process is started, it, it does exactly the same thing that malting barley does in terms of freeing up the starches and then it just showed them sitting around making piles of these things and then they fermented up a traditional chicha that they sold there and by all accounts it was absolutely marvelous so the the range of processes is very sometimes you can add the the plants to the boil sometimes you add them later in the process it, it just all depends on the herb the flavor that you're wanting to get or anything and it's it's a very sophisticated art form not just a science, but a rather magnificent art form that's really just being rediscovered. I so, aside from maybe the saliva part, I, I do hope that the art form gets better uh, because there's <laughs> because as we're experimenting again, I've had a lot of gruits handed to me in in homebrew circles and and just various herbal beers in general. Certainly ones where we're, I'm trying to make this beer without hops, and I, I do feel like we have a long either my palate or the brewers have a long way to go. Uh, well, it's the same thing. It's like I live in New Mexico, and okay, come on, New Mexico wines are some of the worst on the planet. <laughs> I mean, they taste right. like some home brewer, you know, said, "Let's make wine," and yeah. we've all suffered through that. And then they've they've bottled it up, and a week later, you're drinking it, and it's like <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's the most horrible concoction. It's like grape juice and grain alcohol with some other strange thing yeah. going in, you know, and you're grimacing and trying to like say this is really great, but you can't quite make yourself do it. You know? so, it's like, yeah. so many of the beers that, that in this beginning process, they're really like that, and they're really raw, and they're not very good. But that's why when you see what some of the professional brewers are doing with lavender ales and things like that, I mean, they're just absolutely stunning, and their, the, the palate experience is incredible. Yeah. See, because when I hear you talk about it, I want to try more. But uh, the examples are... By the way, I was at uh, the Great American Beer Festival, I think the first year that Dogfish had made that chicha, and uh, they the real one, you know. Right. They mm-hmm. tried to give it to me. I wouldn't have any part of it. There's no way. But, oh, coward, coward. Look, no, I agree. It's been boiled. How could you, be, you know, not want to try a chicha? So, you know, I mean, yeah, you're supposedly like the most outrageous city in the United States. I know, and here I... I so I agree with you 100%. I right. was just such a sissy about it. Everybody's commentary was exactly what Stephen said: was that it tasted wonderful. But I, yeah. uh, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Stephen, the thing about Justin is he's uh, super uh, crazy with the germs, but he knows he is, and he, he just says, "Yeah, I'm nuts." So yeah. then it's like it, it lets him off the hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do love the experimentation in general, the, and especially the historical aspect of these things. Yeah, th- there is that phobia to get over. Uh, and I think you're right because, you know, chicha and, and, and the acceptance, I think, of, of, a, of a beer specifically like that is the village makes it. 
you know the person right. sitting next to you. You're it's yeah. your relative. That's your you know godmother or whatever. It's it's your yeah, it's, like, it's your yeah, thing, like, right? Would but, you want your mother-in-law's saliva? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, right, but but I would, I would rather have yeah, my mother-in-law's exactly. saliva than like some dude who used to be an underwear model, <laughs> right. you know, like in, in Delaware, yeah. and some like yeah. you know schmuck uh, in the cellar at Dogfish. Dogfish Brewery now they're going to have like a little sign there for the brewer, and it's not going to say Bob Smith. It's going to say some dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, some dude. Some he used to be an underwear model yeah. in Delaware. Some keg washer. Uh, you know, hey forklift guy, come here. Tasteless all the time. Yeah. This, this, so I this think, grew it has essence of forklift driver. Yeah, forklift man. <laughs> Stephen will write a book about it. It's, it's definitely different now yeah. uh, to what you're saying. It's that, that cultural shift, and, and it is kind of cool that we're, we're – it's sort of like we're feeling our way in the dark kind of back to that, back to our roots. Yeah. Yeah, well, we are. It's really true. Well, right. Are, do you know of any professional full-scale breweries that are even kind of beyond just using those original ingredients, kind of saying we're brewing rustic beer, actually not using temperature control, not fermenting in closed vessels? Because – all Actually, those other things make I a, don't know a lot that of many. Difference. I have read about some, but they're not really on the tip of my tongue. I mean, of course, the Belgians doing their lambiques, those are mm. still open vat um, brews, and uh, by our standards, not very clean, even though uh, the Flemish people would not agree with my statement there. But right. but I know there are some people doing it because I've read about it. And uh, actually, a brewing magazine recently had me do a piece for them, and they they had some nice articles in there about that, but I just don't recall. But here's uh, – that was a question from our co-host, Beardy. And, Beardy, here's how I would uh, – I do sort of – It does, just because we're going back to our roots doesn't mean we can't improve upon it. So I always feel like we – it doesn't have to be 100 percent like, hey, let's also go back to just boiling all our own water because that's what we used to do too. Um, so <laughs> – I do feel like... Yeah, let's go back to open the sewers in the street. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not that you were advocating that, Beardy, but I'm just saying, as much as I like the idea of, of finding our history and going back to some of these things, I'm actually all for also embracing modern technology, like, uh, you know, in some parts of the fermentation being cleaner, temperature control. Uh, it's really just controlling the flavor that you want at that point, too. Right, and I think that's great. And see, my I, I'm kind of... In, in in that same thing, I mean, I like bottle conditioned ales. I don't like ales that are overly filtered. And you know, when I used to do brewing workshops years ago, I would do this really do this really fun thing where I would buy a bunch of store beers. I mean, there's many better ones available now, but I would buy a bunch of those, and then I would have a bunch of bottle fermented ales like Chimay, for instance, and then I would have a bunch of very nice brewed ales, like a ginger beer or things like that, or yarrow ale. And I would just have people start tasting them. And the thing is, when you get to those bottle-conditioned ales, the whole dynamic changes. I mean, you're basically going from a dead food to a live food. And that's, you know, that's kind of a, um, a cliche sort of phrasing, but... There's really something about those bottle-conditioned ales. They're still alive food because they have that yeast and hibernation in there, and there's just something different about them than something like, you know, I would start people off with Budweiser, you know. I would have to convince them to drink it half the time. I'd go, no, 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 just taste it because we're doing a taste test here. But the other interesting thing that happens, too, is um, Charlie Capazian from the Brewers 
um, organization took me to this dinner once where he had um, uh, there was a chef from Italy that would come in to Boulder once a year and do this workshop for all of these women, teaching them how to cook that kind of cuisine. And he was very good. And so they would be having these tasting things. So Charlie brought a bunch of his meads, and he's really the most marvelous mead brewer that I have ever tasted. His meads are absolutely phenomenal. He keeps them and lets them age for years, some of them. Wow. And, uh, but he brought a selection of those, and I brought a selection of of my herbal beers and with me. And it was all women in the cooking class. And so... Um, and they said, okay, well, uh, here's some, you know, now we're going to taste some beers. And, and all, every one of the women said, oh, I don't like beer, I don't like beer. And I said, well, yeah, but you've never had this before. And then so they tasted it, this first woman tasted it. And then she looks at me like I was, something, there was something wrong with my mind. <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, this is really good, but you know it's not beer. Right, yeah. Because one of the things about beer is that it's so hopped up most women don't like it because hops has such a high level of estrogenic compounds in it that it, it, it they just don't like they don't respond to it well so they really loved it and i found that these herbal beers are bringing more and more women into the kind of brewing world so i think some sort of balance there i agree with using the modern techniques but still having a little bit of that that liveness of the bottle conditionness and a little bit of the experimental, I don't know, um, extravagance of this new stuff. And it's just really opening up everything. Absolutely. What do you think accounts for um, the percentage of women nowadays? Maybe it's just like within the last few years that really seem to gravitate towards IPAs. And I mean, I meet men that don't like it and women that don't like it. And then I meet men that do and women that do. It doesn't seem to be gender-related, it seems to just be a preference for hoppy. I wonder, what, how, where do you think they all came from? Well, the, I'm not quite sure. I've been out of the game for a while in that sense of seeing, you know, I've noticed the rise of IPAs, and to me it's like, it's like a horrible experience. I just can't go there. Um, but a lot of you know and you're probably are seeing maybe younger women drinking IPAs and I don't really have an explanation for that women past about age 45 they tend to start liking beer more because beer actually hops is the plant that has the most estrogenic compounds in it of any plant on earth I mean it's basically hormone replacement therapy when you take it and so a lot of women, as they start going through menopause, they start wanting beer because it's acting as a natural hormone replacement therapy. Why the guys are liking, and I don't know, it's almost like um, they sort of get addicted to that bitterness and that kind of bite and are really into it. But I, I personally, myself, don't understand it very well. Neither do I. Yeah, I, I actually don't either. I was only asking because yeah. I, I just seem to be noticing. And you're, you're definitely right. It's it's young women, but there's a lot of them that are that are liking the IPAs. Well, it's, it might be just an acquired taste. I th Growing up, they want yeah. to like it. 
Stephen, if you've got a few more minutes, I need to take a quick break, and I want to come back and talk to you a little more about hops. You got a second? Sure, let's do it. All right, let me take care of some sponsors real quick. When we come back, uh, more with Stephen Buner, and we're talking about his uh, book, of course, Sacred and Herbal Healing Beers. And uh, we're going to come back in just a couple minutes and talk more. Uh, the hops part is interesting, uh, especially because we're so into it now, but it's a very recent development. And there are some things to talk about in terms of uh, estrogen and testosterone. Something this room is usually too full of. So hang in there, and uh, we'll be right back. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishev, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. 
Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact rain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. That's right. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're hanging out with Stephen Buner. He's the author of Sacred and Herbal Healing Beers, The Secrets of Ancient Fermentation. We've got a few minutes left with Stephen. Uh, if you wanted to call in and ask any questions, 888-401-BEER or Bevo is in the chat room. Just hit the chat button on the homepage. Stephen, thanks again for being with us today. I appreciate it. Sure, it's great fun. So we were just talking about hops before the break, and uh, you just had mentioned sort of briefly, almost like I knew the information and I didn't, um, about kind of the high uh, estrogen uh, components in, in hops. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, it was really the Germans that first discovered it, oddly enough, since they were the ones that insisted on putting it in there to begin with. But um, they started noticing that in the hops fields, when the young girls would pick hops, they did it barehanded and the hops, as you know, are very resinous, and they would begin absorbing a lot of those compounds through their skin, and the young girls would start menstruating very early, much earlier than all of their friends. So the physicians began, and researchers began looking into it, and they discovered hops actually has a number of of very powerful estrogens in it. The most potent estrogen is estradiol, which is equivalent to testosterone in men, and it has massive amounts of it. So it really literally, when you put it in beer, the two things, oh, oh, okay, 
there's four things hops does. It bitters the beer, it's antibacterial, but it also has tremendous levels of estradiol and a few other estrogens in it, and as well as it has a number of soporific compounds, which puts the drinker to sleep. So hmm. it basically dulls sexual drive in the male and puts the drinker to sleep. And, you know, I pretty much assumed that the uh, Catholics had put that in the beer, but actually it was a Protestant kind of part of the Protestant Reformation, in a sense, that ended up getting that stuff in beer as opposed to the other things. The Catholics had actually a monopoly on Gruet, and it was just this sort of power struggle that occurred back then. And wow. so when basically when men ingest hops, it lowers their testosterone levels considerably, especially if they're in middle age or later. I feel like Stephen just described all my personal problems. Too much beer. I'm lethargic. Well, how uh, do you how do you explain your night raping? Then? <laughs> well, that's, I'm asleep, so clearly. I but don't from know. but you drink yeah. a lot of beer. Yeah, it, it no, doesn't affect your subconscious. It doesn't. Yeah, it yeah. only affects it's my conscious. Right. Oh, your your, your id is still fine. Yeah. Okay. I think the uh, don't quote me on this because it was a long time ago, and I'm, I will. A, I'm a little bit stupid. But I think I remember the University of Oregon doing some studies on this just a few years back. Um, finally describing some of these compounds and the, and the high amounts of them, um, too. Yeah, hops, uh, hops is fairly well studied in that sense. And, you know, the, I, I haven't read anybody that's done actual any um, sort of studies on men drinking it, but the closest I, get, I could get was some anecdotal things. One, there's a really well-known um, phenomenon in Britain amongst the brewers there called Brewer's Droop. And that after many years of working with hops, they simply can't get erections because of the amount of estrogens they've been absorbing. Wow. And there was a doctor in the United States doing um, testosterone supplementation with a lot of guys that had real low testosterone levels. And he was using straight testosterone injection. And there was this one guy that he just wasn't responding. His testosterone levels weren't going up. And the doctor finally asked me, he said, well, tell me what you, what do you do when you go home after work? And he goes, and he was drinking 6 to 12 beers every night after he got home from work. And right. it was like enough hops that it would, low, it would completely counteract direct testosterone injections. And once he quit, his, his levels came up to normal. So it's definitely, and they've seen it in women, that's where they've done the most studies, Women that take a lot of hops, it's able to modulate their estrogen levels, especially during menopause and later in life. So it's definitely this weird kind of thing we have that we see these TV commercials showing all these guys being very sexy and buff. You know, it's like, look, I laid on my mother's couch for years, and I never got buff like that. I don't know what happened. It didn't happen. But right. and I drank that same beer, too. It's a weird thing. But That's right. The thing is, you see all these muscular, sexy guys, you know, drinking all this beer, which one of its major impacts is going to be to lower testosterone levels. So I, I think that sort of fits into the definition of irony quite nicely. Absolutely. I do find it interesting as a potential theory uh, as to why uh, – on, on average, uh, less women like beer than than men, and I do think that's changing. I think it's changing in young people, as as Scott was sort of pointing out early. But still, if we were to look at the sheer numbers of men compared to women, overall, that, yeah, they drink beer, <laughs> definitely. Um, and I've always wondered why. You know, you always just go, oh well, that's just how it is. But as a potential theory that that genetically or or even uh, just historically, women have you know just been put off by well, it. 
they don't like each other. They're real catty when they're locked in a room together. <laughs> so there's a lot of estrogen in beer. So I totally. So the more estrogen, the less they like. Things, right. Yeah. Is what you're get, that, get that away from me. Now, that kind of theory is going to get you in trouble. Yeah, and it usually does, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of theories. But basically, I, I watched women very carefully for quite a long time because I was dealing with this whole area, and I would watch them pick up a beer. And they would be, they would smell it, and their nose would wrinkle quite slightly, and then their mm. lip would curl, and then they go, "Oh, I don't like beer." But if you give them this other kind, they'd start to smell it, and but that whole physiological response would be different. And yeah. it turns out there's this remarkably sensitive organ in the nose that can actually detect different chemical structures just from smelling like that. We're not normally conscious of its function. It's the vomeronasal organ in the nose. And basically when women, it's like it's one of the things that we have. It's just this great evolutionarily developed thing over a long timeline to sort of help us identify foods that are good for us and foods that are not. And when women smell that, those chemical dynamics, they fit receptors in the vomeronasal organ which says there's a lot of estrogen in here and i think really that's a lot of the reason why they don't take it because they know it's not going to be good for the reproductive system and just that whole balance and everything and they're just sort of put off by it right but i noticed that for a lot of women after they go through menopause that response changes considerably so I think people's bodies are a lot wiser than than we know. Sure, but uh, we're just kind of not in that frame of reference anymore. JP, I wonder if the high amounts of estrogen in beer explain why you and I talk a lot about not very much when we drink a lot. Uh, we <laughs> you just, know, I, we, we ramble on, and conversation is so meaningful. And you, get, you guys are you get so more politically incorrect. I can't feelings. believe this. Don't worry, what Steve. I will, I will add a, a, a disclaimer that you had nothing to do with our <laughs> idiocy. Uh, well, I, I feel like there, there's a there's a real good answer for that. See, w- when I was younger. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> My point exactly. Yeah. Can I just clarify something here? So the the Reinheitz Bagot is, is what really introduced hops t- to beer, like as a ubiquitous ingredient. Is no. that fair to no. say? No. In Germany, sure. To break from the Catholic Church, I think is is what he was saying, right? Well, right. 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 And, and yeah. hops was around. They used it some. I mean, Hildegard of Bingen was the first person to write about it in twelve hundred and something. But she actually said. Hops is not very much good for a person, and it makes their intestines heavy hmm. and their mind depressed. You know, so I was like, okay, that was the first appearance right there. But it was sort of around, and it was being used. But, you know, interestingly enough, you guys have heard of Pilsners, of course. Well, Pilsen in the Czech Republic, that actually, what that means is Hindane. And Pilsner ales were originally made with Hindane, and the interesting thing, the German berserkers, they would drink that stuff before they went and raped and pillaged everywhere. And the thing is, the more you drink it, the thirstier you get. And then at first it makes you really giddy and happy. And then it increases sexual desire absolutely uncontrollably. And then it stimulates like rage. And so they would just sweep through. So you can understand why the Germans and the cultures around there eventually said, you know, we got to do something about this. Right. You know, what's the opposite of a pilsener, you know, it'd be like <laughs> hops. Okay. And, and so, but basically I went back in the book and I looked and I actually found a number of arguments before the equivalent of parliament or the legislatures of the time arguing to really get 
the other herbs out of the beer and getting the hops into it is a predominant thing. And it seemed it was um, business people that wanted to break the Catholic monopoly because you had to pay them all kinds of money at every step in the process. And also um, by really pretty much drug reformers that wanted to uh, calm down the populace. So, so it it was more than just trying to get out of the financial grip of the Gruet being taxed. It was also yeah, it, it was, was also both. kind of it's social kind of engineering like stuff like this. Like the various groups of people make uh, interesting bedfellows and things like this. And I think that's as far as I could track it back. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, he, I, here's why I'm asking about uh, Germany specifically. So, just in Germany. Would you find a lot of beer that didn't have hops, and then very suddenly after the purity laws, basically all beer had hops? Is is, is that yeah. fair to say? Okay, yes. so then wouldn't that um, correlate with like a drop in birth rates? If it was that profound of a change and all of a sudden beer had hops in it? Would, and, and, and well, I don't know. These... That'd be a really interesting thing to go back and look at. Well, it's, well I so never the birth, thought of looking at that. The birth rate stayed consistent. That's that's why I'm asking. So I'm I'm wondering. But I didn't know. How do you know it stayed consistent? Oh, the internet said so. I looked it up to the. I looked it up to the to the best of you know. I researched as as best I could without uh, going um, to the Smithsonian, but it, the, it, it appears <laughs> that it didn't change much. That uh, life expectancy and a lot of other things changed, but the birth rate stayed pretty consistent e- everywhere. Not they're just very German. persistent people. <laughs> They'll try again and again. Right. Anyway, j- just to, just a sort of half challenge to the notion that it okay, well, um, affects good. sex okay. drive. You went up, you went on points on that. One, <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to cut out that and use that sound drop on future shows. Thank you. <laughs> Scott won. <laughs> I won. Scott won an Yay. argument. Uh, well, I know you're short on time too, Stephen. So I I wanted to end on a on a certainly a positive note, uh, which is about uh, about healing uh, herbal beers. And I just wonder if you can give us a short list of some of the benefits of drinking some of the different beers we've talked about tonight. Well, for instance, Hawthorne Ale, which I I mentioned. Hawthorne, you know, and so because a lot of people just really aren't that clear about herbal medicines, uh, because we've sort of bought this whole moving into the 21st century of the pharmaceuticals kind of advertising thing, they're really, really sophisticated and the things that they can do for the human body. And there's, you know, thousands of peer-reviewed journals on this now that, you know, the, where the information is carefully concealed, you know, from uh, researchers and scientists and doctors. But the, the thing is, like, Hawthorne is extremely good at modulating heart function. So Hawthorne ale was a really big ale back then, and it's uh, fairly tasty. It tastes good. Um, you know, the the ginger beer, that's one of the things that I really love to have in the winter because ginger is, you have to make it with fresh ginger, but ginger is extremely antiviral. It's really specific for influenza, hmm. and it interferes with the influenza virus's ability to invade cells that it normally would invade. And so it's extremely good both because it warms in the winter, which is nice, and because of um, helping with flu season. It's one of the things I primarily use every year. St. John's wort, it was really, I made that one year, and it makes the most marvelous kind of rose-colored ale. And and St. John's wort is a really great antidepressant, and so it's a really marvelous thing to drink. I was living at the time in uh, eastern Washington. It was cloudy all of the time. 
and man, everybody there loved it. It really cheered them up tremendously. <laughs> you know, metal beer is extremely good as well, for instance, because, as I mentioned, it was a thing people would do um, early in the spring. As soon as the nettles were coming up, they would tend to make the nettle beers because they, you know, we would normally as a species, we would eat on these cycles where we would have a lot of food through the year and then we'd store up a lot of food for the winter and people would tend to kind of start to run out as the winter ended and we got into spring and that would be a normally a time where most people would fast for a while which was very common but then as the plants began to come up in in the spring they would begin to ferment a number of these um, like comfrey was extremely common for people to do that with. Nettle was another one. And so they would get this massive sort of protein, nutrient, tonic, herb influx in this marvelous uh, fermented beverage right away early in the spring. And it was just tremendously healthy for them. You know, the researchers did a lot of work with indigenous cultures and native cultures all around the world when, because when missionaries moved in, to a lot of those places, they would try to get them to stop drinking, <laughs> you know, and they were invariably Protestant missionaries, and the definition of a Protestant, as everybody knows, is somebody who knows that somewhere somebody's having a good time and they have to stop to it. Right. So they would, like, get people to stop drinking all these beers, and then, of course, these native populations began to experience diseases they'd never known before, beriberi and rickets and all kinds of things. So these things were really an important part of health and diet and correcting imbalances. And, and besides that, they taste marvelous. And so I just think it's I'm really glad that things are, are coming back where I can actually go out and buy these and I don't have to uh, um, just see Budweiser's everywhere. <laughs> Do you know... Uh specifically for sassafras root i know in the 70s it was kind of outlawed and that's why it's no longer in root beer commercially yeah you know it's kind of one of these weird things there was a lot of hysteria about a lot of plants which was really misplaced and it's still misplaced amongst a lot of people and especially you know the fda and a lot of those guys they don't really understand plants very well. So there was a compound in sassafras that they felt was unhealthy. It's not really true. I mean, people had been drinking sassafras beer for a thousand years at least. Um, the natives worked with it. It was very common. So, uh, you know, I'm not really sure exactly why that hysteria was there quite the way it was. But um, Are there any I could benefits use to the it? sassafras flour myself, and uh, because I think it has much more marvelous flavor to it than the bark and the root. And sassafras is a tremendously good blood, what they would call a blood tonic, and it would basically work to it acts as sort of an adaptogen to help the body be more resistant to disease. That was a a term that the Russians came up with. It's a kind of a marvelous group of medicines and it really helps the liver cleanse because the the blood continually flows through the liver and the liver works to cleanse the blood of toxic substances and alien substances and not supposed to be in there and then it metabolizes them and, and gets rid of them puts them into the bile and gets gets rid of them and uh, so the body can excrete them so it really facilitates the liver's ability to do that and it's really quite a marvelous herb and those root beers, 
you know, basically wintergreen and uh, sassafras would be the root of that with a number of other sarsaparilla was often in it. And sarsaparilla itself, um, they would use, uh, actually what they were using in that instance was um, Aurelia nudicollis, which is a member of the ginseng family. And they made so much sarsaparilla ale from that in the late 1800s that they pretty much devastated the entire eastern U.S. from that plant. It's just now really coming back. And Hmm. it's a tremendously good adaptogen to help overall health and vitality and um, really help the liver do its function better. I feel like I need more sassafras in my life after hearing that description. <laughs> I made yeah. a sassafras root beer. It was fantastic. Oh, did and you? And I, I actually kind of read into why it commercially fell out of favor. It's illegal now to use commercially. The The article I read said that it was in the 70s, It was the army was developing a, a truth serum with it, huh. and the public caught wind of it, and they didn't want the government to have a serum oh. that could make anybody tell the truth. And so... Some labs did some studies and found that if they dosed rats with enough of it, huh. it would cause cancer. So then they're like, okay, so we can say it's a carcinogen. Oh. But if they scaled it up to larger animals, and it never, it, when they got to dogs, it never caused anything. And I, I did the math, and the amount of, of root beer a human would have to drink to match the rat dosage was mm. 25 gallons a day for their entire life. Wow. I've yeah, seen I and then they when might you really get, get into a lot of those studies, you see stuff like that. You're one of the few people that's done the math, and then you find out how ridiculous <laughs> yeah. the, the thing is. I don't know. You've seen the size of those big gulps at 7-Eleven and <laughs> the size of some of the people buying them? They're getting close. See, I had read that the Bee Gees were big into sassafras in the 70s, and the public at large decided that must be mm. bad. That's what in a disco. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're wrong on that, Justin, because they had a lot of sass, ah, not so much oh. frass. Thank you, Jason. Oh, that's where it is. That's fun. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> and with that, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're ending on a high note. That's what we do here, Stephen. We end on high notes. The author of uh, Sacred and Herbal Healing Beers, The Secrets of Ancient Fermentation, Stephen Buner. Thanks so much for being on the program with us. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for fun. I appreciate it. Well, Thanks, if you man. ever make it out to our hippie land here in San Francisco, we'd love to have you in the studio to talk more with us. So d- don't that be afraid. That would be great. I'd love to do that. Don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah, and we're close to Berkeley. Uh, hey, yeah, where can we people, got Stephen, where can people buy your book? Oh, Amazon is probably the easiest place to get it. And then pretty much most brew stores, you can have a copy. Okay. And do you have a website for uh, the many books that you've written? Yeah, I do. It's guyanstudies.org. G A. I-A-N-studies.org. Beautiful. Go check out Stephen and support him. And thanks for writing such a, a great book for us, uh, for us brewers. You're welcome. All right, Stephen. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Remember to click through the Brewing Network Amazon link if you uh, wish to purchase uh, Stephen's book there. That's right. Everybody wins. Stephen's fun. Yeah, he was pretty mm-hmm. good, man. Yeah, he, he should, looks yeah. too much like Denny Kahn, and maybe that maybe people who look like Denny are fun inherently. Inherently, he yeah. even sounds a little bit like Denny. <laughs> he, you know what's funny yeah. too is Denny's coming on uh, next week. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to compare them. All right. You know, next week's Twitter game has to be something with the, the picture of the two of them together. At, uh, to figure all that out, but uh, all right, some some good stuff in there. Doc made it in the studio here. Oh yeah. Me, so oh, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like oh, yeah. it was expected. Oh yeah. yeah. You ever made a beer without hops, Doc? <clears throat> no. Okay, then you didn't miss anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Although I'm surprised because Doc's no hot pet. I would have thought you'd have taken on the challenge of maybe an herbal beer at some point in your time. I don't think it, no. Like a Groot or something? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, I'm Groot. It's like people who don't like, uh, you know, gasoline, but they still go buy, you know, groceries at the supermarket that was trucked in. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe that's a truck thrown on good vibes, man. That's a bit of a stretch, but I I see the... You know, my life is a bit of a stretch. The theory is there. I'm I'm stretching out my life right now. Go talk to your phone again, JP. Taryn, too? JP got a phone that'll talk back to him now, so he's happy. I've never seen him so happy. (laughs) Oh, it's great. Let's see if we can do it. Okay, here we go. Hello? Okay, Taryn, too. His phone's name is Taryn, too. Text Warren Billups. Oh, that wasn't a very nice thing to say. Wow, your phone sounds just like Lauren. She ignores oh, you. Like, Warren. Did she say anything? Take, no, I got it. She ignores you like every other. Oh, wow. Warren, your beard looks like shit. <laughs> That's not nice. Siri would have actually already sent the message. Yes, I do. Send, there you go. Send it or cancel. Send it. <laughs> She's she needs just she like Taryn one. She, 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 she needs a little mind. training. You're wasting I've, my five cents per text. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen JP so happy. That Message sent. Uh, you know you can also do this. Okay, Taryn two. Okay, Taryn two. Okay, fuck you. I think t- Taryn one <laughs> oh, is so a little you quicker wanna, on the update. You want to know what Taryn two Sorry. actually sent me? <laughs> yeah, I do. One year beard looks like S. <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Although Beardy can't really see, so it could be. That say might something. actually be right. Yeah, that's <laughs> completely different. He's actually looking at his palm. <laughs> All right. Uh, when you. we come back, uh, we've got a few things to do, uh, including some announcements and some feedback. You're just in time for that. Yeah. Doc, it got moved around. Plus, uh, Tasty and I are going to recap our uh, trip to Australia and the uh, Australian National Homebrews Conference, which was just a great time. So hang in there. We're just going to take a quick break, and we'll uh, come back with more. Triple eight four zero one beer. If you want to talk. To us, or just join Beave in the chat room. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously. What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. And now get 15% off by going to MoonlightMeadery.com forward slash BNArmy and use coupon code BNArmy at checkout. Hey, sign me up for that party. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I am Yes, but the cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. <sighs> oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. 
And and that Brew Builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to cut Customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ugh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. A few things happened 30 years ago. Arfanet migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand. Most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand. The only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer and start brewing from the top tier. 401 beer. It's time to talk beer and chew bubblegum. And we're all out of gum. The session. All right. It's fun to be back in the studio. Yeah. I didn't even know you were back in town. <laughs> yeah, I got back uh, yesterday. 
Are you feeling jet lagged? What's going on? No, no, I'm okay, but uh, I'm definitely on a different time zone. I fell asleep at like eight thirty and woke up at two a.m. and have pretty much been up since then <laughs> because uh, I was in Fiji last, and at two a.m. here it was uh, <laughs> fuck you. It was wow. like three that sounds noon awful. over yeah. there. Yeah, I'll tell you guys all about my trip in just a, a little bit here. But um, I can't wait to hear about all your Fiji. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, did you bring any of that imported water? Because we get it here, and it's like a buck fifty the thing, but an ounce. But did you get? Oh, yeah. Did you get it cheaper? You brought like, a suitcase. I think it's more. Ex- for it, right? I think it's more expensive in Fiji. You should have told me. Let's bottle to the source. How could it be more expensive? It w- I was actually surprised to see Fiji water there, but it was like it, really it was the there. yeah, it's there. It's the same, <laughs> it the same bottle. It's the same bottle, and I thought really because oh. I thought this was just a gimmick, but it's the, like the only bottled water in Fiji. Mm. It might be a real. Fi- it might be real Fiji water. <laughs> I didn't like read the fine print or anything, but yeah. I remember uh, Kate handed me a bottle of Fiji, and I looked at it. I was like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> Imported from the United States. Yeah, yeah. maybe so. Uh, let me get through some announcements, and then we can uh, cover this kind of stuff. Uh, first of all, we're having a big event here on uh, this this Sunday, November ninth. It's our bikes, beer, and bites event, and we're uh, we're kind of big cyclists here at the Grenade. I didn't know that when we opened, but half of our staff rides here, and uh, the owners ride here, and I think the janitor rides. We don't have a janitor. I know either. how to ride a two-wheeler. Uh, <laughs> I actually have seen Bebo ride a bike once. Just mo- once. I moped here. Once. That That's count? two wheels, I guess. It's two wheels. Sure. Uh, if I didn't live real far, I would bike. Um, maybe no, I wouldn't. I would like us all to bike. <laughs> it's, uh, it's coming this Sunday, um, November 9th. It's from 1 to 4, and we're <laughs> We've got some uh, bike-themed beers coming from uh, New Belgium Brewing Company and Bike Dog Brewery, which is a a fairly new brewery out of Sacramento. I've heard good things about them. And uh, we're going to do some session beers on tap. 25% off your first beer if you ride in. Uh, You'll have to show us your bike. We, see we have your to bike. ride into the hop grenade. Right in the, yeah, we're going to open. The, you ride in the front door <laughs> and out the back. In. Okay, oh, patio. cool. Yeah. We'll right. hand you a beer, beer as yeah. you ride through. It's like a marathon stop. <laughs> yeah. You just keep riding. We'll hand them. Well, I want, can, can this be like a New Belgium, where if you work for a certain amount of time, you get a free bike? Ah, oh, you know what? Bike. Give us some time. New Belgium yeah. has been making a lot more money for a lot longer time. I think before they started giving away bikes. Yeah, well, this is our 10th um, year. <laughs> Give us a break. <laughs> yeah. Give me a break. It's more like 10.1 or something. Or a bike. 1.10 year is what it is. Uh, lots of prizes we're going to give away. Like I said, 25% off a of beer. Slow Hand Barbecue is going to be doing food here. Mm-hmm. And really what we're mm-hmm. trying to do is just actually celebrate cycling. The city of Concord is doing some changes where they're actually trying to create new bike lanes and put up bike racks, which are sort of non-existent I was around say, are they our downtown. Give us a bike rack? We're bringing, the, we're bringing bike racks in to kind of show how, how badly everything is needed. And the city of Concord actually is working on it. They're, they're for it. It's... Just we're helping to push it along is all and, and let them know we're into it. And if you can come out and show your support, then we'd be stoked about that, too. We want to see you cyclists in here and we're going to uh, we're going to reward you for it with a bunch of prizes and some good food and uh, discounted beer. You name it. Mm. Are so, you going to have rules of the road about like how cyclists should properly drive and not right. not ride stay tandem? in the bike lane? Yeah. Stay in the bike lane, not ride tandem, but ride in a, an actual line and actually stop at red lights and, and actually behave like normal people. I think the laws have even changed further in the cyclist favor. Yeah. Yeah, now, and it doesn't rules. matter where the lane yeah. is; you have to stay five feet away. Right, but you're, but you're <laughs> yeah. still not allowed to ride in a pair. You're supposed to ride uh, single file, but no one ever does. And then they run red lights, and then they flip you off. When I want, that, yeah, I'll do that. Thank you. That's all I want to know. That, that's why my my moped's a two stroke, so I burn the extra oil for those asshole cyclists who ride. <laughs> 
in, in the middle of my road. I've right. actually seen him doing laps around the block. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I saw four cyclists. I got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Burning some oil. Yeah. When I worked uh, in Berkeley, there were cyclists everywhere, and they would drive me crazy to the point where I would get as close to them as possible without yeah. hitting them just to freak them out. Well, I'm really glad you guys are supporting this event. A lot of positivity really here for it. people riding to work <laughs> and uh, you know doing a little better uh, for the world by getting off the roads in general. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so get off the roads. I do like hope a... to see you on uh, November 9th <laughs> from uh, 1 to 4. Uh, right here at the Hop Grenade. Is that what, what day is that? I'm sorry. It's Sunday. 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 Yeah. Now, maybe I'll ride my nephew's bike. Coming up Sunday. I'll have to buy an air pump. Ride down. It's a fun way to go have a beer. You ride your bike. It's yeah. nice outside. And, your license uh, will still get taken away when you get pulled over. <laughs> it's been. I didn't say drive. First of all, shut the fuck up, all of you. <laughs> yeah. Because Boy. you're you're being ridiculous. I didn't say come in and drive drunk. I said it's a nice day. You have a beer. <laughs> yeah. We're putting session beer on tap. Yeah. It's not a fucking uh, barley wine tasting, dum dum. Jesus. Oh, yeah. sorry. I'm going to go burn some oil and fuck you, bikers. <laughs> oh, you're having bike day? I'm going to have burn oil day at my house. We're just going to ride around and burn oil. Wow, I sound real annoying. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you've been hanging out with your wife too long. Y'all sound like your girlfriend. Yeah, that wasn't Justin talking. That was the audio of you. That was oh. Scott bringing oh, back wow. the soundboard. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. And you're ugly. What else are you going to oh. do at your little event? Kick dirt in my eye? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, we're just inviting cyclists yeah. out to have a nice day. Get some barbecue. Be a good time. I actually am going to. I have a bike trailer for my child. I'm going to bring it because it needs some repair. Uh, what, your, that's right. There will be a child? bike repair tent here. Shut up, JP. <laughs> a bike repair. No, it like attaches to the wheel or something. Do you, do you know, I might bent. actually put my because my nephew's bike. The the tires are flat, so maybe they'll have like inner tubes and actual tires and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, for everybody but you and Beardy, there's a full on bike. <laughs> repair oh, oh, There's a full on oh, bike repair oh. tent. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, we're setting up a, a bike repair tent that's to do cool. uh, yeah. fix the flats. Actually, my brakes need adjustment, so I'm I'm not gonna do it myself. Bicycle I'm gonna repair man. Bring it down to the dude, man, yeah. man, man, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. That'll be cool. Uh, what else do we have going on next? Uh, or, sorry, two weeks from today. So not our next show, but on November 17th, we're doing a live show from Anchor Brewing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think you can come out or anything. I think the tickets are already gone, right? Did we already? Pretty they're, much. They're gone, yeah. We okay. sent them out to the BN Army, which is another reason to become a recurring donor in the BN Army. If you subscribe on a monthly basis, we send you inside info uh, of this nature, especially when we do ticket sales. And uh, this was a, a private event that Anchor invited us to come to our show uh, live from the Anchor Brewery. Uh, but you'll get to listen to it and, and watch video, and that's just uh, two weeks from now. Are we biking there? On the 17th. We could. We could bike to BART, and then we can BART, and then we can bike over. I'm game. I think you can actually bike all the way there. Your bike's yeah. electric. You don't have oh, to. Oh, yeah, be, mine's electric. I'll bike anywhere. You get on BART. You can <laughs> bike all the way there. <laughs> yeah. That's almost like Bur- Birdie with the moped. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 A little I'll, less oil. I'll burn the extra oil, so that way it's a net <laughs> net equal on the environment. Yeah. yeah. Beardy's going to pull me behind his moped on my bike. <laughs> yeah. Out yeah. to anchor. And charge the battery. <laughs> so do we get the carpool lane if we do that? Uh, yes. Awesome. I believe we do. <laughs> Uh, okay. What else? Oh, uh, you know, there's a big festival happening. This is actually down in uh, Los Angeles, not here. Los Angeles. What did I do with it? Um, what happened? Mm-hmm. Shit. It's this Shelton. Oh, here it is. Um, it's called The Festival. 
Oh. And oh. I, there's good reason it's called okay. The Festival. It might be The Festival. It's called The Festival 2014. Uh, it's powered by the uh, Shelton Brothers uh, and ShareFest in collaboration with uh, Browery West. So it's going to be at Crafted at the Port of Los Angeles in San Pedro, California. Um, you can go to SheltonBrothers.com and then just click on The Festival. And I'll tell you why you should do it. Let's see. I gotta, let me go to where the beer is here. Apparently, um, all the people uh, – it has an amazing list of, of breweries, uh, but then all the brewers are going to be there. And Shelton Brothers, mm. of course, are the people who uh, Im- import Cantillon yeah. and uh, Dre Fontaine and you name it. Pretty much I, I, I would consider Shelton Brothers the premier European craft beer, quote-unquote, importers. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're Absolutely. like the guys. Yeah. I, I agree. Why can't I find the beer link anymore? Have they been importing Dre Fontaine? Have you guys seen Dre Fontaine? I haven't seen it, I feel like, in months and months. I, I saw really it look for once it. about a month ago. There you go. It's there. Not looking in the right places, I guess. It was in Santa Cruz, so it's a ways away. Why doesn't this stupid place have it? This is a real stupid place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Hop Grenade? That's a great yeah. place. You answer your own question, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Uh, all sorts of great breweries are going to be there. More beer, we've had them on here. They're from the United Kingdom. You guys remember Justin, that brewery? Uh, more more uh, beer. Yeah, M-O-O-R. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they're going to be there. Uh, Nugnia. Remember Nugnia? They've no, been on the no, show before. Sure. Nagna. Nagna. Page 24 Nogne. from France. Brewfist from Italy, which is kind of a, <laughs> okay. which is a cool Whoa. name. Uh, one of my favorites, De La Seine. I think they just make wonderful uh, Belgian beer. Uh, they're going to be there. Five feet high and uh, rising. Wow, this list is just enormous um, and great. Anyhow, it's all happening. Uh, this is Saturday, November 8th uh, down there. Just oh. go to SheltonBrothers.com. Tickets are, I can't believe tickets are even still available for this thing. Yeah. This Saturday, wow. Yeah. And that's kind of rad because I mean those are some beer, some breweries I've never heard of, and if you think you're a craft beer fan right. and you think you're living in SoCal and you think you you have your finger on the pulse, you, you don't, don't know even, shit. You don't even know. Yeah, go to this thing. That well, might be I why just listed. Still tickets, I just listed some of the international breweries. Yeah. Some of the U.S. breweries are going to be there. Are uh, Allagash. Uh, let's see, Blue Jacket out of Washington, Cambridge Brewing Company. They make great beer. They've been on the show before. Crooked Stave, uh, Hair of the Dog. Is Anchorage on there? Aren't they? Uh, Anchorage is on there. Nice. Hanson wow. Brothers Bevo, the Hanson Brothers Beer Company is on oh, there. Can they guarantee huge. a Hanson will be there? Because now I want pictures with Maybe all of them. Maybe so. Uh, pretty Things. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. God, you name it. Local breweries down there. Bagby. Uh, you guys remember? Bagby Jeff, Beer, yeah. Mm-hmm. They've, they've opened now. Did well at the GABF. Uh, Beachwood Barbecue, our friend Julian. Uh, nice. Bottle Logic. Uh, Cellar Maker, our friends from San Francisco. Faction, uh, our friends from Alameda. Firestone oh, wow. Walker. Monkish. Rare Barrel. Uh, you name it. There's uh, anyhow. You you get the point. Go to sheltonbrothers.com and check it out. Looks oh like shit! I'll be in L. A. in that time. Are you really? I am going oh, down wow. there. Oh, they offered me tickets. They Lucky. offered me tickets. If you want to go, I do want to go. Actually, yeah, San Pedro's right there. All right, so go represent for more us. like San Pedro's. <laughs> nice. <laughs> go. You go party there and rename right. it. I Pedro's definitely want best. to. Yeah, please uh, hook me up. I'll Beauty. go. I'll go Sunday, November 9th, noon to four. Oh, it's two days. It's dude. There's four sessions. Yeah, across Saturday and Sunday. Oh, I see. So kind of yeah. like GABF a little bit. Look at that. Yeah. With all that beer, that's a good idea. I thought you were purposely going on the wrong day. Just said <laughs> yeah. Saturday. I'll be there. I will Tuesday, be there. The eleven. <laughs> yeah. All right. So go check that oh, out. Oh man, that's gonna be a blast. Uh, what else is happening this Wednesday? I'm uh, helping moderate a history of the world according to beer for the um, Commonwealth Club. Uh, I'm doing it at the Lafayette Library. Tickets are still available. Uh, I don't know where to go for it, though. 
I suppose I should. Lafayette Library? Yeah. Um, just, what do you have to search? Isn't the Commonwealth Club it? a pretty respectable organization? It is. And you want to know something? So I did a Commonwealth Club thing uh, several years ago, and I fucked it up. And I, I, it's been on my mind since then. I didn't moderate it, but I was a panelist. But the moderator asked me to help him moderate. And so I did. And I was trying to – it was about um, – it was just about beer, craft beer in general, and then it got to food and beer at the end, and people were being very serious, so I was trying to lighten it up, and I, they said, what you, do you like to pair? And I was like, oh, you know, I love me some Top Ramen and beer, thinking that the rest of the panelists would then, oh. you know, I would get a laugh, and then everyone else would give a good pairing. No, then the panel followed me by making douchey pairings, <laughs> oh, no. and I was like, no, this is terrible, because I really like good food and beer pairing, and I... And I've felt like a dick ever since. Well, lo and behold, uh, eight years later, they invited me back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so yeah, well, I feel like know. I get a chance to redeem myself. You can go to commonwealthclub.org slash events. Thank you, And then you, you can JP. scroll down, and it's called a, uh, a Brewer's Tale, A History of the World According to Beer. Thank you, sir. Uh, go check it out. That's this Wednesday. If any of you want to go listen to me do my bullshit, uh, I'll get you tickets, too. But it starts at 630 at the Lafayette Library. They put it on the radio, too. I don't know if you guys are familiar mm-hmm. with radio, but... Mm-hmm. I'm busy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I got a thing. Yeah. My radio's all tied up. Uh, I have to fix my bike. I mean, they record it and put it on the radio later, so I can send you the link to the download, guys. My internet doesn't oh, work very I don't well. have enough bandwidth. Yeah, yeah it's, it's I'm at my limit yeah, already. I right. downloaded a bunch I'll of movies. To it. Thank you. For you. <laughs> all right, that's happening this you guys Wednesday. You just have to learn to say yes. You don't have to actually oh, do yeah. it. <laughs> That's true. I'm totally. Then I'm like, oh, I'm sure something came up. Don't worry, Beth. He'll he'll, he'll buy into that shit for only a certain amount of time. Jay, do you happen to remember any examples of uh, other pairings they gave? Just because it'll be funny. Yeah, and I don't want to name any names, but yeah, then like the guy next to me was like, oh, I lug it with my peanut butter and jelly, okay. and I was like, no, <laughs> and I literally the, out loud I said, no, but we were out of time. These things are on like a strict time, and I couldn't go back and then give a good pairing. I. Thought for sure they'd let me be the only buffoon, and they didn't. And so, <laughs> and I'm telling you, I do this like these. I dwell on these things. Yeah. If I've really screwed something up, I've dwelled on this for eight years. <laughs> How I was at the Commonwealth Club. That's really sad. Which, I mean, if you look well, at the list of people that have spoken at yeah. the Commonwealth Club, I'm I'm a I'm a an ant. I'm a peon. And then I made it worse by acting like an idiot. Well, so now are they asking you back expecting more ramen answers? <laughs> Maybe. Or well, and I'm not just a now? panel. I'm the moderator. I'm the moderator of oh, okay. of the author of of the book, um, A History of the World According to Beer, or whatever JP read. I suppose I should, I'll find out before. <laughs> you that. should probably know that before, before I have till Wednesday. Oh, okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> and you wonder why there's, there's been an eight-year gap. Hey, I'm in Justin. This guy wrote yeah. a book. Yeah, she yeah. Mu- they must not remember that I was must done the like, same person. Whole new board. They have yeah, no idea that it's, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I know they've done beer stuff since then, and I've right. never been invited. They should back. let us do our show here. That'd be much more. Oh entertaining. man, but are they serving beer? So I'm going to be very serious. Yeah, they're serving beer to you like four breweries. What are you going to be asking? Like, what, 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 what's the point of the thing? Um, like, I think not it, the point. What is the topic? I, it, it's be. basically about, I think, how uh, humans have grown up with beer. Okay. Uh, how, how it's a part of our history. Do and you know any this, of that stuff? Uh, I don't yeah. have to. Okay. I'm literally <laughs> just asking questions of the author. The author wrote Got this it. whole All book right, about right. the history of the world according to beer, and I'm there to facilitate questions and just—it's like GABI. It's I can do it. I, I go. A, good, a good standby is just why, why? Uh, yeah, yeah. You can why? Just, yeah. why? 
Uh, they're going to, you know, they feed me. It'll be a piece of cake. I'll be, yeah. yeah. I might go. It's in my neighborhood. There you go. It's big, in Lafayette. Big Tim's going to be in town. So. There you go. I'll have the Lothamer brothers there. Yeah. Uh, we can heckle. Yeah. Watch, 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 watch. <laughs> if you're going to heckle, I want to go too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You re- seemed really yeah. happy. I'll hey. have the Lothamer brothers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you interview this guy about beer? Didn't you do shit with wine? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Stigmata. I, I might have to put on a tie too. I think. Oh Almost boy! Whoa. Do you want to borrow my clip-on? Uh, yeah. Are you, are you going to practice all day tomorrow? So that way putting on a tie. Yeah. Putting, <laughs> on a tie. putting on a clip-on tie. I'll be practicing all morning. <laughs> <laughs> How does this work? Shit! I keep pinching my neck. I'm so stupid. Kate, get in here. <laughs> Is this thing supposed to have a collar? Okay, Taryn, too. How do I put on it? I love Sam, but I have to tie his ties for him. Yeah, I don't really tie his ties either. Um, okay. That's cool. That's awesome, man. I'm, yeah. I'm happy for you. Thank you. You're welcome. The National Homebrewers Conference, I know it seems like a long way away, but if you'd like to present at it, and I encourage you that you should, especially some of our Bay Area folks, but our listeners from around the country can do it. The Homebrewers Conference is in San Diego. It's in June, as always, and the presentation deadline is is coming up pretty quickly, and I know that they still need some more presentations. Yeah. JP, I think you ought to think about this. I'm actually presenting. I'm, I'm, oh, you are? Yeah, I'm presenting as a lady. And I feel like that would be... <laughs> really? I don't know. No, I just, <laughs> yes, really. Yeah. I think you should present. I think you and Beardy should say. present on cider in present. cider. Oh, we could... Well, oh. Beardy doesn't want to make cider with me because I drink it too fast for him, apparently. Yeah, oh, I gave you a keg. I, if I made later, some, it's gone. it wouldn't last until San Diego because the, the whole session would be JP t- talking about the cider he drank. Yeah, how good it was. Oh, yeah. can we have some? No, it's all gone. Yeah. It what about so Doc? Great, Doc, you've never presented. You'd be a great presenter, Sober. I've, kind of, I, <laughs> I've kind of been tapped. I'm not sure if I wanted to do it or not, but yeah, it's been brought up. You ought to think about it. Uh, just throwing it out there. Tasty did it last year, did a great job. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Beardy, you could do it on your own. Uh, yeah. I just know that they're they're I'll point looking you in the right direction um, of the crowd. They're looking oh, for okay. submissions, yeah. and here's the thing: you uh, you don't do it for nothing. It's it's a lot of fun, and and you should be there to educate people. So if you've got a, a specific topic that you're interested in or particularly good at, uh, do a submission. Uh, present your case yeah. to the to the AHA, and uh, they, I know they've got some room for new ones, and it's. It's a really cool experience. Definitely do it. Uh, I, I know a lot of uh, the presenters in the past, and, and they've had a blast, too. It's a little nerve-wracking, sure, you know, public speaking, but it's it's about beer, and you're essentially in a hall with your friends. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, that, that's how this hobby has grown, is, is because people are sharing their, their experiences and their knowledge. So so don't be one of those people that, oh, I've done all this uh, yeast studies and all this kind of stuff. I'm never going to tell anybody about it because I live in rural <laughs> Illinois. Like, just... <laughs> Come out and present, man. Share your stuff. Yeah. Let's learn some stuff. It doesn't have to be like you've reinvented the wheel either. There are so many different levels of homebrewers there um, that that there's room for beginner talks and intermediate talks and advanced and and a bit of all of it. So... uh, don't be shy. Yeah, if you think if you think about it, if you're concerned that that you're reinventing the wheel, so to speak, or you're just you know poaching off other people's stuff, stuff in the '90s or you know even early 2000s probably hasn't proliferated across the new people who are coming into this hobby the right. last five years. So it's okay. You can put your spin, your own personal spin on. Uh, you know, mash temperatures or grist ratios to water or whatever. It doesn't matter. absolutely. I, I think out. I have an idea for a cider talk I could give. Shit. Blindly finding my way insider. (laughs) You know, I always start with the title myself. Is that a good starting point? I mean, I think that's a great title. You know, I think novels have been written just with sometimes starting with a great title. A lot of movies made that way. (laughs) 
Yeah. All right. Go to ahaconference.org, and, and you'll find a, a button right there uh, for the call for presentations. And I think you should do it. I'm talking to you, Mr. Listener or Mrs. Listener. Oh. Oh, yeah. Man. Ms. Listener. Wait, women can give talks to Or gender, <laughs> or gender well, neutral They listener. just opened it up a couple years ago, um, a lot like where they do the green jacket golf tournament. Uh, <laughs> they felt like, well, if they're – actually, they didn't open it up, did they? So, or so it was like the, the trial events in the Olympics. They don't really count, but they let them try it. <laughs> this has been a very uh, chauvinistic show tonight. I mean, particularly so. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, has it? I haven't noticed. I, did, I didn't know. We're overcompensating for all that estrogen I've, talk. Talked, well, I haven't had a lot, lot of beer estrogen. since I've been gone, so I don't have a lot of estrogen in me like I normally do. <laughs> yeah, sure. It turns me into an asshole towards <laughs> women, apparently. Mm. It does? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Oh. Uh, all right. Uh, do your Amazon shopping through us. If you'd like to support the BM without spending any extra money, just click the Amazon link. It's it's on our homepage, kind of right in the middle. It's not a banner, but it's right in the center of our homepage. Just click the Amazon link and then do your shopping as normal. Some people bookmark it. They click it, bookmark it, and then you can go straight to it. Um, and a lot of you do it, and it uh, supports us in a, in a really great way. Do we have an Amazon product of the week? Yeah, and speaking of bookmarks, uh, it is a book, and I picked it because the title is – it's also only been uh, three days here in November 3rd, so there wasn't a ton of stuff to sort through, but – uh, someone bought a book called Speaking Ill of the Dead, Jerks in Colorado History. <laughs> which is, I love this book. <laughs> it's uh, 17 short biographies of notorious bad guys, perpetrators of mischief, visionary, uh, of misunderstood thinkers, and other colorful antiheroes from the history of the Centennial State. And what is also amusing is that customers who bought this also bought, and there's a book called Soiled Doves, Prostitution in the Early West. Oh, yeah. By Anne <laughs> I have read that book. You have? I'll, uh, Fascinating. I'll really? let you know how yes. they both are when I finish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm serious. Soiled Doves is a great book. It's I just love yeah. this. So it's like uh, Fallen Angels was too effed out, so they were like, Fallen Soiled is it fiction dumb. or it's a uh, it's nonfiction? No, it's factual. About it's, it's nonfiction. Yeah, Bebo likes a good prostitute story. Based on facts, <laughs> I do. I like reading about her great grandmother. That's a real page turner. That soiled dove. You guys suck. It's no, it's actually. I really like history. I don't know if you. Know that about me? No, we don't. time. And, uh, I do. That, that seems too smart for you. Everyone That's on the Mayflower really needs something to do. Pointing mm. out. No, I really do. Okay. Well, it was a $7.12 purchase, The Speaking of the Dead, and we made 46 cents. Nice. Thank you. Uh, the story of Alfred Packer's in there. JP, I'm giving you a 46-cent raise for this show only. Oh, I'm wow. going to make a note of that because if I call you on Put it in, it in two your weeks, invoice. you're going to be like, oh, I never said that. It's going to be great. spider ring little timestamp it. All right. And like I said, subscribe and join the BN Army to support us. A lot of you do it. It's a great way to enter uh, the More Beer monthly donation giveaway. Of course, More Beer is a sponsor of this show and every session that we do. And if you're a recurring monthly donor, then uh, you're entered into uh, a raffle to win a $100 gift certificate. We do it every month. We email you. You spend 100 bucks at More Beer. Everybody's happy. All right. There you go. Get all these updates and more over on Twitter. and. Facebook. Uh, send your show ideas to Scott the Jew. That's Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. And um, send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send everything else over to JP. Why not? Why not? And that's that. I have to pass water. We have to do feedback. Shit. Yeah. It's time for feedback. <laughs> Yay. Um, if I can find it. No music. Boo. No music feedback. We had a lot of feedback, as you can imagine. Did you do feedback uh, while I was gone, JP? As I, I did, yes. Nice. Yeah. How did that go? Um, I don't know. I, th- I don't really remember. <laughs> Doc, were you on the show? Did, yeah. Yeah. did you yell at him for not doing? Did you do? Did you do feedback on time? No, no, I didn't. No, you did it, but you didn't do it on time. 
What does that even mean? There was well, you were eight minutes I, late. Did I do it at like twelve thirty in the no, morning? It's like, like he does. Oh, we're gonna do it at the end, or we're gonna do it here, and then he we did don't the get end, yeah. to it. Wasn't there a lot of feedback really? complaining about the app or iTunes yeah. or something? Yeah. So just, oh, the app is back. Just, the app is yeah. solid. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what people are complaining about now. The uh, old app should be gone. The new app uh, is there. Although, by the time the company finally got it there, a week later, the new iPhone came out. So I don't know now <laughs> if there's going to be another app. Um, oh, but the, the app's been in Android for a while now. Yeah. And the iPhone one got there, well, like I said, a week before the new iPhone came out. So right. everyone should be so- – research BN Mobile in iTunes if you haven't recently. And it's there. And working. I checked it myself, I think. From Fiji? Uh, no, no I, I was there before. So. <laughs> All right. I got uh, on the Hollow Log Network. Feedback's brought to you today by a good friend, John, over at Beer Law Center. You can go to beerlawcenter.com, and he protects our trademark. He can protect yours, too. And you do need help, trust me. John's a good guy. He understands the beer industry, and uh, he can give you a hand. Just give him a call, beerlawcenter.com. And if you don't do that, at least use Google, you idiots. Uh, all right. Bob writes in, Me lazy. You include links for breweries in show notes, please. I want from my iPhone go-to website directly. <laughs> iTunes supports this, question mark? I thank you. Bob from Germany. P.S. Not German. American. <laughs> so you want me to put the... Uh, yeah, I can do that. Put Just in the, in the show description, basically? I guess he means in the show description. Yeah. Sure. But iTunes doesn't support it. So you're only going to find it then on our webpage. You can't put links in the description of iTunes. I now, could... Uh, I, I could put, like, uh, you know, wickedweed.com, and it, it wouldn't show up just, as a link, but you, he would see the website. Yeah. Co- copy and paste That's it true, there. but then that's just stupid, because if you put Wicked Weed, everyone can Google Wicked Weed the right. same as... Because he's saying he wants to do it from his iPhone. I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm saying he'd be stupid to want that, because you either have a link or just go Google it yourself. Right. And unfortunately, right. no, you can't put... iTunes just won't do it. As I a, see. Uh, well... Now, there is a different file format that we could upload our show as, which would allow us to do all sorts of show notes, but then it essentially um, alienates everybody who doesn't use iTunes or this particular right. format through uh-huh. another reader, so I've never done it before. Okay. Well, Bob, uh, Bob from Germany, uh, we are lazy too, Yeah. so you're going to have to Google it, baby. <laughs> Correct. He does say that he always gives uh, a dirty look to those German brewers that stole our logo, though. Oh, good. So that's cool. Yeah, I'm sure that's doing a lot. Yeah. As he's drinking their beer? They just think he's a... As he's drinking... Yeah. Shitty <laughs> How about boycott them, you <laughs> yeah. shithead? Yeah. Uh, well, he's real lazy. Yeah. I ordered my ninth, and I really gave them the stink eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't tip very well. I had one of their beers. Somebody brought me one. It was shit. So take my logo off your shit beer. Take that. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, TBN Third Coast writes in, uh, Good day, Brewcasters. Uh, I just finished listening to the Wicked Weed show, and it was awesome having Doc, Blobberglop, Icky, Drunk of the Week, a Meltdown, Good Beer, Half-Drunken Brewcasters, and guests that aren't scared to speak their mind all made it feel like a throwback show. I laughed my ass off. Now I'm searching iTunes for any show with the word Meltdown in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the 777 show with Vinny. So thanks for making my day and drive go quicker. TBN Third Coast. Hey, you're welcome. That was fun. The those dudes. That was a great show. They're they're a good time. The yeah, they wanted the meltdown. That was yeah. Promised them a meltdown. I really want to go out there now to North Carolina. So. Oh man, their facilities look unbelievable. And yeah. you know, uh, the Today Show did a whole feature on those guys. Oh like, really? I don't know. If they must have filmed it before they were on the show, but it aired uh, just like a week after they were on here. Yeah. 
I feel like maybe I ought to take a trip there to scope out, uh, you know, maybe a Hop Grenade 2 location no in North Carolina. Everyone seems to be going there. No kidding. I'll go with you. You want to go, Beef? Yes. Yeah, and then we'll go from Company there trip. to Nova Scotia, and then from there <laughs> to uh, Egypt. And well, then if else? I'm on that side yeah. of the right. country right. anyway, yeah. I might yeah. as well. Why not? Yeah. We'll be <laughs> back in a month. Keep going. Are you going to bike there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's electric, so. Yeah, right. I'm putting myself in the, uh, the you can, trailer yeah, that stay, I have Get the trailer <laughs> fixed up, Bevo. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll pull your big ass all the way to... <laughs> <laughs> your bike would explode. Carolina. <laughs> All right. Uh, Daniel from Sweden writes in, uh, Dear voices in my head, uh, you've been telling me to do strange things for almost a year now. I managed to listen to everything except that other show in just under six months. And if I wasn't insane before, well, never mind. Uh, Brewing's become a wonderful hobby uh, and a huge change of pace to working on my Ph.D. in chemical engineering. Um, I've actually used some of the things I've learned through this hobby to further my work. And as my brother says, I'm finally using my, my knowledge for chemistry for something useful. Uh, I recently took an online course called Chemistry of Beer from Oklahoma University, which I recommend. Uh, at least you, have some, uh, you should have some understanding of organic chemistry. So thanks for the info. Um, by the way, he says it's been fascinating to hear how Justin's, fascinating to hear how Justin's voice has grown more manly. As the show has trundled on through the years, yeah, I think go. he's just uh, using compression to uh, right. make himself seem manly. Because yeah. if anything, with all the hops he's drinking, it's gone the other it's way. It's gone up. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's technology. I've used technology. Uh, hey, Justin and the BN crew, I've uh, been meaning to send feedback for a while. Uh, I started listening after being thrown in the deep end after finding myself promoted to head brewer at a microbrewery in Dorset, England. I needed all the help I could get, so I turned to the internet and began listening to your show uh, to broaden my very limited knowledge. I particularly found the Brewcaster Challenge useful. Which, by the way, did we ever figure out where we are in that? Don't we need to have the final brew-off? I think we need to It never ended. We have a couple different ones. I thought we weren't going to keep doing second-tier ones. We just needed to do a final final. I don't remember. That's, yeah, I need to go back through it, but I, that's, loser that's, I think that's right. We might have like two, two matchups left. So it's Doc and who for the final? Nate's still in it, isn't he? No. no Nate got tasty. beat. Oh, Nate's in Is it Doc and Tasty in the final? I think that oh, might be. I haven't lost yet. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, that might be it. And Doc hasn't final. lost. Okay, so you two. Yeah. Oh, we got to do this. You yeah. two are the final. Yes. And then there's for second place. That's what it is. Yes. Well, no, whoever loses of that will be second. We'll be second. It's for third yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. Loser, loser. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, so let's do it uh, after the, maybe like after the BNAs, like in January. Because Well, they could brew now. until then. Or. We don't have to wait till then to do it, do we? Uh, I just don't know when we're going to squeeze it in. We don't have anything happening between now and then, do we? No. <laughs> well, there's anchor in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. Let's about figure that. it out. Yeah, we yeah. should do. We should do. We should the announce at the next show what we're brewing. All right, let's yeah. do that. Right. Yeah, let's just fast track this. Screw it. Yeah. Get this shit over. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he says, in fact, my first real challenge set uh, by my boss was to design a black IPA. Ooh. Yeah. He says, I was sure taking notes and absorbing all the brewing wisdom, especially uh, by a revered brewer such as Jamil, um, to set me on the right track. And uh, despite their best efforts to throw me off, our black hole IPA is our proudest offering. And I feel I have the BN to thank. So, well, you're welcome. Um, I guess he's coming to the West Coast. Come see us. And... Um, Oh, he says, don't take a Monday off uh, the first Monday in March, Moscow. That's when he's going to be here. Okay. I would also uh, just like to remind everybody that that was the challenge in which I uh, handed Jamil's ass to him. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I brewed the uh, better black IPA. That's true. Mm -hmm. Cascadian Dark Ale. Okay. 
let's see. Anthony writes in, hey, guys, love the session. The content's great. Uh, I'm sure there are some growing pains with moving to the hot grenade, so I wanted to let you know about a few issues. Please start using ID3 tags on the show files. Yeah, we do. I just, as I was changing computers, it was a little sporadic, so uh, they, they should be there now. Uh, number two, the audio volume seems to fluctuate a lot. Yeah, that's true. We're still working that out also because I changed equipment, so it seems to go from being overdriven to too low, and I'm still trying to get it in there in the, in the sweet spot. So hang in there. Thank you for the feedback, but we're working on it. Um, he then says, so now that the BN has a legit money-making enterprise in the Hop Grenade, how, lo- how much longer are you going to mooch off the listeners for donations? <laughs> uh, Amazon links and, of course, Adam and Eve coupon codes. He says, I got to bust your balls a little. Yeah, I was waiting to hear this one. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you want a bunch of free information, you could stop donating, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's up to you. Buy more dildos. If you feel good about that, then you go right ahead. Yeah. I'm going to go download this off some sort of Usenet board after I get out of here. <laughs> yeah. This is clearly a man who's never run I've a small business. I've got three different torrents set up. <laughs> because he called the hop grenade a money-making <laughs> enterprise. A money-making enterprise. The government's making money, not us. Believe me. It just goes uh, with the rest of us. Yeah. Around here. Yeah. All right. Soonerbrew writes in, hey, I'm a semi-new listener uh, working my way through the archives. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't support you early on, but I'm now almost a proud member of the PNR. <laughs> oh, my love. He's giving us a warning almost. that he's almost. Uh, yeah. No, thanks, man. Uh, any, any little bit helps. And if you can't, that's all right, too. Um, thanks for making my drives entertaining. Doc is the bomb. Uh, you still bring it weak. I think he must be talking to me. And, <laughs> Probably. And awesome. check it, check it, suck it, JP from Soonerbrew. There you go. Dave from New York says, uh, just sending in some feedback to say that JP's session while half the crew was down under was damn good. It wasn't perfect radio, but it was like <laughs> the early days. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, left-handed compliments all around. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. like the early days. Sully and JP are a good team. The interview was informative and sophomoric at the same time. The flow of the show was great. I wouldn't watch shows like this every week, but now and again... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> JP should roll with it. Uh, Remind me what wow. he said the first this <laughs> yeah. first sentence. Uh, JP's session with the, with the half the crew down under was damn good. So he doesn't want a damn oh. good show all the time. No, but he Perfect. doesn't. Yeah. But we he can does, deal with that. But he does want it semi often. So what about right. once a month, JP? You want to start? I can start taking two no, weeks off. I don't think so. The problem is sure? not that often. The, Look, the problem is getting uh, Sully here that often. Once every three years, I'm all right with that. Oh damn it! Yeah, or two years rather. Maybe yeah. what once about once every two months. Well, but you've got Taryn two now. Yeah, she can help Taren you do the two, show. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, Taryn two can help you promote the show. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, all right, thanks for writing in, Dave. Hey, uh, Taryn two, <laughs> remind me to promote the show. I don't know. <laughs> JP, fuck off. <laughs> uh, Anderham, put the seat down. Or and Doctor Ham, who knows? Or and Durham. You got me, bro. Anderham writes in, I've been homebrewing for going on for uh, four years. I'm a member of sev- several popular homebrewing forums. I follow a bunch of homebrewing blogs and subscribe to a bunch of homebrewing craft beer magazines, and yet I've never heard of the BN until I stumbled onto the podcast in iTunes, uh, alongside many other lousy, canceled homebrew podcasts. <laughs> he found it when he stumbled. There are a lot of lousy, canceled homebrew podcasts. That's yeah. true. Uh, I'm a big fan and have already uh, learned a ton from the BN in a few months of listening. So more people need to know about the BN. Uh, I know you guys like short emails, so I'll leave you with that. Uh, sent from my iPhone. Um, yeah, we don't really pay for promotion because we're still on a low budget. But we're in we're in the homebrew magazines. We're in BYO. Uh, we're in Zymergy from time to time. We're in BYO every single one. Uh, you, by the way, you should subscribe for BYO by clicking the BYO link on our homepage. Yes. Um, 
So, but yeah, we just don't pay for promotion. So sometimes it takes people a while to find us. Uh, here we go. Enjoying the show and having JC away is a breath of fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> so this must be during oh. your, your show. Uh, Love Taryn too. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. JP in Moscow holding down the fort with an assist from Sully. JP's compression on his voice sounds very way different than usual. Uh, possibly from using a main mic uh, or because. Uh, of his trip back from Disney, his voice seems more chippy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just the absence of JC, Maybe. he says. Uh, all right, Bruce Strong from Rye. Uh, here we go. Just a heads up. Uh, trying to buy some shit on Amazon tonight, but I can't find the link on your website. I've hit refresh 50 times, hoping it'll show up in the ever-changing banner ads. It's not a rotating banner. It's a static link right on the homepage Right in the middle. I think mean, it's down below. It's the, down below. You might have to scroll, scroll down. down yeah. Yeah. Okay, scroll down a second, and then you'll you'll find it. Um, <laughs> I wonder if he really did it fifty times, Mark. or if he did like four and gave up. Yeah, that's yeah. Four, four. I'm gonna make these feel five fifty. <laughs> shit, <laughs> perfect. It's the same way I do push-ups. I blame our schools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our spam of the week uh, says. I'm a bisexual in an open relationship with my gorgeous girlfriend, Linda. Uh, we sometimes like to switch up our sexual tastes. So uh, we're looking for that one non-creepy guy who's interested in getting together for a threesome. Wow. Send me a message if you want to try. Uh, Linda. With kisses, Casey wow. and Linda. Wow. <laughs> now, did you respond to this one, JP? You know I have you respond to everyone. Not yet, um, no. I mean, tell them we're in. Tell them we're all in. <laughs> Everyone, we're all in. Right. Uh, we're all non-creepy. She said non-creepy, so I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I blew a fuse. Yeah. 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 I mean, if, am I creepy that I'm that I'm basically responding to a solicitation, a random solicitation for three-way sex? Is that creepy? Yeah. Or is it creepy to not do it? I don't know. Well, it's right. more of a ninesome right now. We'll get your motor running. Well, speaking of three-ways, let's take a quick break. And I'll tell you about <laughs> Hong Kong when I get back, where I was offered a three-way. Oh, yeah! Oh. I've got good stories from Hong Kong. Uh, it's Hong Kong's the best place on earth. It's the session. I'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters, Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in anywhere precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection that's williamsbrewing.com orders placed by 4 p.m pacific time weekdays ship the same day brewing is easy the williams way when i order a beer i want my server to know more about it than i do I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. 
The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's No Beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerone's are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone's are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today adventures in homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes some of the things homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the brutus brew stands and propane burners the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven pound hopper custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels coolers and mini size brew pots and the bn army receives 10 percent off their homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code aih10 at checkout the brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. And don't forget to use the current coupon code AIH10. Adventures in Homebrewing at Home. Brewing.org. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right, welcome back, and thank you for hanging with us. we got a few more things to do. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I, I want to do is uh, let you know about the uh, Siebel Institute. Now, I've talked to you about this before, but if you want a good brewing education, go check out a wonderful sponsor of ours, the uh, Siebel Institute. It's America's oldest brewing school, more courses than any other, uh, and courses include the advanced home brewing course, so you don't just have to do it to be a pro, craft distilling, and beer styles courses for those just looking to ace beer knowledge 
college exams like the BJCP, a good way to do it. Professional-level brewing courses are available both on campus and web-based. So if you've got a family or another job, you can still take courses on the web. And the faculty includes some of the best-known, most respected instructors in international brewing. You've heard people mention them on our, on our show, uh, some of our wonderful guests that are now professional brewers. And they've been a great supporter of the BN. So go check them out over at the Siebel Institute and uh, make sure you support them and uh, put them on your list of schools uh, to look at. In fact, put them at the top of your list if you're looking to go to brewing school. Go check it out, the Siebel Institute. The second thing I want to do uh, is thank the Australian listeners who uh, supported us and spent their hard-earned cash and brought uh, myself and Tasty and Nathan and Push Eject over to Australia. I know that Push has already created a video for you guys of our time there. I just He's waiting on just a couple bits of information for me to put on the final touches, but we have some footage of our travels across the country and our uh, time at the event. And None of that could have happened uh, without the Aussie listeners who, who spent their hard-earned cash to get us there. Right, Tasty? Yeah, those guys are tremendous. They were so nice to us. Oh, my God, we were uh, treated like kings there. Just really great people. And so Australia, for example, uh, just so you know, is uh, the second largest listenership uh, at the BN. And there was a time when Canada was our second largest listenership. But Australia has surpassed that. So it's the U.S. is our biggest, and then it's Australia, then it's Canada, and sort of goes down from there. And uh, Australia now being number two. So I knew that we had fans there, but... uh, some of our best fans. I mean, just There's cool. There's only 20, 20 million people in Australia. In the whole. So a higher, that's yeah. a higher percentage of listeners than, than the U.S. Yeah, for sure. So it was just fantastic to, to meet them. Uh, one of them uh, stole the shirt off of Push's back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So stripped him, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. He was looking good in that tank top, though. I mean, he was, yeah. And he gave, treated a wife beater for that. Yeah. Yes, uh, which is, uh, I think it's called like a bogan tea. Uh, white trash are called bogans bogan, yeah. in Australia. That's okay. a, that's bogan. a bogan. Uh, and, TV, there's a TV or show. Or maybe it's a bogan uniform or something. Is there a, a TV show? Yeah, like, yeah, called bogans or something. Oh, yeah. I want to see. This. Is it like a reality show? Yeah, it's like oh. a reality show. In the oh. UK, boogers are called bogies. So I wonder if it's a coincidence <laughs> or not. It could be a coincidence. Um, so the, the people were just great. I, I just wanted to start with a thank you uh, for bringing us there. Uh, I, I was trying to explain to yeah. uh, Australians, too, that, uh, and I'm not even sure why, but going to Australia, for some reason, is it's on almost every American's like list. And I couldn't really even say why. It's just one of those things that like everyone goes, Australia, it just seems like the place to go. And so to get to do that uh, on by you guys supporting us to be there was, was just rad. So thanks. Um, so I'll start with, with kind of where we went. Uh, I started in Sydney and uh, with Kate the Great, and, and Push met us there. And we went around the town and, of course, tried the breweries. And I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, the, the best brewery in that area. And you have to forgive me because I think it's just outside of Sydney. Um, but think of it as the Bay Area. Yeah. Sydney's a little bit like the, the San Francisco of Australia, really cool city on the Bay all their big cities are on a, on the water or on a bay of some kind, but Sydney, I think, is the biggest one. Riverside Brewing Company. You had that beer, Tasty. Uh, whether you uh, had yeah. it at Sydney or no, at, had, at the club. The pubs, but, yeah. um, uh, Dave Padden is the head brewer there, and he was a listener of ours as well and, and started a professional brewery there. And I'm not saying this because he was a listener. I'm saying it because he gave me a pale ale that was just fantastic. Hmm. Uh, and I believe that the week after the conference, they won, like, best of show or beer of the year at their Australian, uh, their Sydney Beer Festival, too. Oh, wow. Uh, beer week thing. For his IPA. Uh, so just making great beers across the board, and I, I wanted to shout out to them just because yeah, the beer. Yeah, I met awesome. and had his beer at uh, Frankie's uh, Pizza. Ah, 
Yeah, so Dave, uh, uh, and not just Dave. Um, and his but, lovely wife, Nicole. Oh, yeah? I didn't yeah, we, get to meet yeah, Nicole. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're good. Your bros now? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Uh, Dave took us to Frankie's as well. Yeah. You, JP, Frankie's is your spot. Really? Yeah. Why? No one talks to you? Dark. Just him. <laughs> yeah. It's like a three-ring circus there. Underground. Oh, I love yeah. underground restaurants. Punk bar. Kind really? of a, like mm. a metal slash punk bar. Yeah. With great craft beer. Yeah. And nice people. Like the bartenders are cool. Wow. Uh, so you don't get treated like shit. So but it's like Tornado without the urine smell. <laughs> a cool place. And service. Awesome. And we went there all drunk after doing some other things, too. Oh, see, um, that's my ideal bar. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's and rad. Y- yeah, you had a good time there. Um, it was our last stop, too. We were kind of shit-faced when we got there. That's when you go. It wasn't even brought <laughs> I think up. they threw Barry Cranston out, but he, he deserved that. Barry had to they 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 didn't even bring it up to us until after we had been out drinking all night, and then they're like, "Now it's time for Frankie's." <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's something that you wait. You're on. ready. Yeah. You're like, okay, all right, now we're going. Yeah. And you're drinking out of like plastic mugs. You remember the old Oregon Beer Festival? Uh, mugs? Yeah, oh, wow. plastic mugs. Or oh, even like so you used amazing. to get soda in them when you were a kid. Yeah, like, that's what you're drinking like from out Fintons. of. Fintons. You get a root beer yeah. float. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. When I was there, we had glass, and they're all like, going, "Wow, glass. This is different." <laughs> well, I think because yeah. I, I, I have the 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 image of uh, Australian bar fights, and you smash a glass, and you can carve people's <laughs> or, face like a jackhammer with. I just, that's why. Yeah, I thought it stemmed from the prison colonies. They just never were allowed to have glass. Maybe no, I think JP's right. They told me that it's about uh, a provisional license, and until they can show that they're not a place that has fights, <laughs> right? I think after ten o'clock, you got to have. Can't have any glass, and then rather than mess with it, they just do plastic oh. all the See, time. See, my wow. xenophobia is is worth something. Wow! <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll save you a scarred up face. You look like the Joker for us. You could life. open up a bar here, <laughs> marketed specifically to Aussies. Absolutely, Let's do it. I think they'd be into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Sounds sh- cool. shout out to to Craig and Brendan who kind of reached out to us to get me together with Dave and and to have this just great night. And uh, forgive me, uh, if I'm going to forget some people's names, but yeah. you guys took good care of us. But I have an admission to make about the about drinking in Australia, and okay. it, it started by going out with Craig and, and Brendan and Dave, and we met at a place, uh, had had some beers, and you know ultimately ended up at Frankie's. And um, you know I'm pretty good at drinking. Uh, I, I, I don't usually have to be taken out of the bar, knocked <laughs> yeah. uh, out. You say keyword is usually, and this usually. is intriguing. Well, I didn't have to be taken out this time either, but. I'm usually the one who's like, let's have another beer, let's do this. i got to say, the Aussies, they, they can drink. Yeah. There, there was a point, like, I'm getting through half my beer, and I don't drink slow either. It's not just that I, don't, I drink a lot and I drink fast. Yeah. And they're like, uh, hey, you ready for another beer? Okay. And this goes on for a while till finally i got to look at Kate the Great and go, Kate, you got to get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even oh. say. Uh-uh. I couldn't even say wow. because uh, I was like, "Kate, you got to get me home." Uh, I'm telling, like, this is the last beer, and if you if it's not the last beer, shit's gonna get weird. How was she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I am a hammer. How was she doing? Was she like? Uh, was not, it maybe a little more acceptable because she's abroad? Or yeah, what? she. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. she had just des- decided. Uh, yeah. This show is very chauvinistic <laughs> right now. Yeah. This chauvinist show. Uh, well, Kate had just decided to chill a little earlier in the night, and mm-hmm. but was having fun. <laughs> And she was tired anyway, so good on Kate. She she used like the excuse. Oh, I'm tired. Let's she go. She was your handler. Uh, but meanwhile, I, I looked over it and I was like, I 
In fact, the last beer that was bought for me, I couldn't even finish. I, I put it down in front of her, and I was like, you got to help me with that, and you got to get the oh my fuck God. out of wow. here. <laughs> and this is, I'm telling you, I don't think this has happened to me in 10 years. I don't think yeah. it's, this has happened to me since we started this show. Uh these people, they can drink. I'm trying to think back on all the nights we've gone out, and, and I, I don't... There may be a, a sort of a point, but I, I can't... It doesn't come rapidly, and so I, I think that you're probably right. If it's happened, it's happened at home. I'm not saying I haven't been shit-faced sure. drunk with you guys, but out at a bar, I mean, I'll just kind of... Yeah. It's usually me, the first one, and, who goes, no, no, I don't, I don't <laughs> even right. know when I'm all right. Because yeah. I know when it's coming, and I know yes. what's coming. Yes. And so mm. I just put the brakes on, you know, and, I, yeah. and I'm still usually drinking more than... Uh, I'm not saying this as a, 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 a you're proud not being a moment. Braggart or anything, I'm yeah. saying you're it a as a point of reference right that uh i'm in that room and i and i literally like i've, I've never had to say this to kate you gotta get me out of here <laughs> i think you i'm gonna start humping dave Patton <laughs> in a second <laughs> how, how long were you uh, were you in sydney uh, or in country rather before this happened that was only our second well actually our, we got there on a night and went right to bed because we yeah. got there like got to the hotel at like sure. 11 yeah it was the following night. It's jet so, lag, yeah. dude. Just blame it on well, jet lag. Well, you're All right, also, good. Uh, you're also upside down yeah. at that point. Oh, well, that's true. I yeah, was upside blood, down. All the blood was rushing to your head. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, the water does yeah. go down the drain the other way. So weird. Wait, science is uh, legitimate? <laughs> <Huh>. Science is <laughs> legitimate. <laughs> Shit. And I tested they it. Fooled our whole well, yeah. well, well, all of the science might still not be, but <laughs> Most science. of it is. Yeah. All right. So, now, did, Tasty, did you go to around, uh, around to other beer spots in Sydney? Yeah, I did uh, in some way what you did before the conference. I did afterwards. Okay, with uh, uh, you know Brendan and, and Craig. So did you go to and, like Lord Nelson? Yeah, Lord Nelson and Frankie's were our last two stops on our big night. Okay, Lord then we, Nelson. Then Manly during the day that same day. So we had Manly to, Beach. Manly Beach. Yeah, four, four or five spots there, and then uh, we hit two in uh, Sydney. Okay. So I wanted to mention Lord Nelson, too, and I didn't get to meet yeah. the brewer there or anything, so this is literally just, just a, a opinion on the beer. I loved it. Uh, some yeah. good, good pale ale, good English-style beer there. Oh, yeah. It wasn't cask or anything, but the recipes were just more, I felt, English-driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, uh, I tasted, anyway, six out of eight of their beers, and I, I thought they were all great. And apparently you wow. can stay, it's in an old, old hotel. Okay. But a lot of bars Probably there, a brothel. A lot of taverns there are called <laughs> hotels. The sign will say hotel. Yeah. Because apparently there used to be a law that if you were going to serve alcohol, you also had to provide accommodation. Oh, wow. Oh, Which wow. I think is genius. That's yeah. a pretty good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if one day we could put a hotel above the grenade, I would love this. Even just one, like, just a little flat. That's yeah, all? Yeah, yeah. Although you're going to have to pay a lot for the maid service to clean up those rooms afterwards. <laughs> Bibble do it. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Now, I'm not certain about the history of, of Lord Thanks. Nelson per se, but I do know that... You can stay upstairs. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think Vinny it's, and Natalie stayed there. Oh, they did. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it's just a cool environment. You're in a super old building that they haven't changed the decor all that much. <laughs> um, but the beer doesn't taste like shitty and old, right? Just right. the place looks cool. That's cool. So I wanted to. I just I loved that that beer and that spot. Were they using a lot of? Australian and New Zealand hop varieties, or was it still like for the English beers they had English hops? You know, Tasty, maybe you can help with this too. But I found that the Australians, uh, one, are not very big on New Zealand hops because they didn't find them all that fantastic, and two, I guess they're sort of hard to get anyway because us dummies are buying them all uh. over here. But when I asked about that, is that a problem? Mostly, the answer I got was, you know, we actually prefer a lot of American and, and English hops. 
Did that? Yeah, all the hops oh, seemed okay. to be appropriate for it was an American style. Yeah, they were using American hops. I think we're using more uh, New Zealand and Australian hops in our IPAs than they were. So, yeah. so their pale ales were more predominantly U.S. Yeah. hop driven. Yeah, okay. The ones, uh, yeah, their pale ales, yes, and in, but, but actually they were very descriptive about their beers. So they would either say American style pale ale or English style pale ale. Which I know that sounds rather obvious, but sometimes we're not doing that over here. We just oh, say, and there's a big difference. We just say pale ale, assuming everybody knows it's an American pale ale. Yeah, but, or we, or worse, we say ESB and it's a fucking pale ale, and it's not. <laughs> right. a, so mm-hmm. I found their descriptions to be pretty accurate. Um, so yeah. Uh, and you know what? You realize this is kind of like a journey to the center of the earth <laughs> where like you're coming back and you're describing an entire new species of like mole men, right? You're like, yeah. And they actually can, can they categorize their their pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> their yeah. grasp of, of organizational skills is phenomenal. They have like They're, opposing thumb, you know? It's really yeah. They can yeah. actually form complete sentences. <laughs> I mean, I only had to shit outside like one time. Yeah. Uh, they had indoor plumbing everywhere. Uh. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that place was good. What's the place? Uh, the Rocks Brewery. Oh, yeah. Uh, where they make rocks. Yeah, I didn't get over there. Well, there's an area right down by the... They rock. Kind of by the Opera House and right on the pier that okay. they call the Rocks. Yeah. Because they had to build it on a bunch of rocks. <laughs> and uh, by... Okay. Organization. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by they, names. I mean literally criminals built it like we're tasked super old. to build it on, on this area. So all and, of them. Um, but this is not a super old brewery. It's just it built in the region called the Rocks Brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought they made some, some really great beer, too. The region is called the Rocks Brewery? The, well, this little part of Sydney. It's called the Rocks. The Rocks. So, like, we and have the Tenderloin. Right. Okay, This got is it. the Rocks. Okay, got this it. That kind got of it. a region. Um, uh, there were a couple other breweries there, too. We went to the oldest pub in Sydney on three different occasions. <laughs> so, in other <laughs> words, three different places claimed, to, or maybe one was, like, the oldest oh, in Australia. Oh, like, one oh. is the oldest in Sydney. Continuously one, running license. And yeah. So, family owned. <laughs> you, yeah. You know how in Las huh. Vegas, when you drive down the strip, it says, like, best comedy show from six to seven on Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. And it was voted oh, by some yeah. magazine? Yeah. It felt like that with their with their oldest <laughs> pub. Like, oldest pub in Sydney, if you can remember back that far. Like, they all had... <laughs> yeah. Some Prove it. Very specific. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oldest active license, yeah. meaning that right. it got it renewed in Nelson's. 2012. That might have been Lord Nelson's, actually. Okay. That's yeah, the oldest. That, that was her claim, I think. I found that a bit odd. How <laughs> uh, about bad breweries? Um, did Were I there have many? any? No. You know, I had very no. little bad beer there. I agree what? with you. So I've got more misses here than I did there as a percentage. See, that's a good, I'm glad you brought that up because I was talking to Push a little bit about his trip, and he said... Uh, based on ratio wise, the homebrew, he's he had better homebrew ratio wise in Australia than in America. But you're talking 300 people go to the conference or whatever. Um, there's there's not a lot, but what was there was, was better wise, quality. So is that the same with a craft beer? Because I can't imagine there's yes. tons of craft brewers in Australia compared to how many there are in the U.S. And as Tasty mentioned, there's a higher BN listener per capita in Australia. And their beer's good. Than the U.S. Yeah. And their beer's better. So, yes, on both occasions. Mm-hmm. The homebrew reminded me of about our sixth or seventh year when we were going to conferences and saying, wow, this beer oh. has really gotten so much better. And we were, remember, Doc, we were kind of coming yeah. home really raving about the homebrew. There was a shift. There was that, yeah. that yeah. leap, for sure. And then in the last couple years, it's... 
you know, again, it's a numbers game. More brewers and more new brewers. More new brewers, exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So I feel like their their homebrew, they're doing pretty damn good. It, it was a little better uh, 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 as a ratio. Um, but le- definitely, there was only yeah, like three hundred at the conference, maybe even yeah. And, and their club night, they probably I don't know had one hundred and fifty beers or something. Their club night fit in the size of, of basically the hop <laughs> grenade. If you if you take okay. out all this stuff, the uh, the bathroom, yeah. you know, just the whole whatever our full square footage is, that was the size of their homebrew hall. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you've never been to the the U.S. homebrew conference. It's a conference hall. It's enormous. It's an exhibition yeah. hall. Um, so that made it really cool because you got to walk around and meet everybody. Then they had the big buffet. They fed everybody. Right off oh, the wow, bat. Oh, wow. What? Not, not small All plates. At, at Club Night. Wow. At Club Night. Wow. Yeah, you could eat your ass off. They also fed you lunch every day. As an attendee, you, yeah. in the, they'd take a break in the seminars. You walk out into the courtyard and you get lunch. Hey, Bradley Latham. As, and it's uh, 10 and 3. <laughs> you get tea. Tea at 10 and 3. They have high tea? Wow. Tea, tea I, even? Yeah, tea at 10 and 3. Oh, I always went for beer. I didn't know. Uh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had coffee at 3 o'clock. That's a nice cuppa. I was sleeping in the seminars. That sounds like a great break. Every seminar, by the way. They were very hospitable. Uh, in in terms of making sure that yeah, we yeah, were, they didn't uh, kill you or anything. Everyone was <laughs> yeah. yeah, they killed spiders that were in front of me. Um, <laughs> oh, they were really crazy. I was like, ah! yeah. they chased all <laughs> the kangaroos out of the room. Yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, don't worry, we'll climb on the ladder and stab in its head. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any other pro breweries? Uh, uh, Feral Brewing Company. Oh, uh, now they're not in Sydney. They're over in, um, well, kind of near Perth, but I don't remember the exact town that they're in. Feral Brewing Company is making some really good beer and some good sour beer. Uh, did you have some of theirs, Tasty? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I liked theirs a lot, especially their sour. And when I, I so I met them at the conference, but then w- we actually traveled over to Perth, which is on the west coast Way of the country, over, yeah. and went to their brewery, which is it's weird. It's like a little farm. In fact, you kind of feel like you're going to get murdered when you go there. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> and you, but you order their sour beer and you get it by the pint. Oh, wow. like like the Belgians do it, and in a good like it's not a high alcohol. It's yeah. you know it's a five percent sour beer, and you you have it by the pint, it's, and it, it's drinkable by the yeah, pint. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely, that's so nice. Uh, kind of like a cross between um, a Berliner, like a mild Berliner Weiss, okay. and a and a Russian River Temptation. Okay, oh, so that's that kind of, that kind of sourness yeah. where it's yeah. like refreshing and it's tart but not sour kind yeah. of thing, right? Okay, yeah, sounds great. Right. Yeah, Farrell was was really good. Did you try in the beer some uh, batch brewing? No, it's a fairly new brewery in Sydney. I met uh, uh, Chris uh, Sidwa uh, at a bar, and the first night I was in town, I was on my on my by myself, and I just go to this bar that's well known, I guess, and I'm across the street, you know. Uh, Smoking something, and this guy, I see this guy on the other side, the street in front of the bar, comes walking over towards me. I go, well, this guy probably knows me, and it's Chris, right? And, and he takes uh, a swing. Yeah, and he, he goes, like, "You're Jason McDowell, right?" Like, yeah. Excellent. What a weird feeling to be in first first few minutes in town. Yeah, and somebody like recognizes me in another country, yeah, halfway across the world. Country. Yeah, well, he's from New Jersey, so he's not, not quite, he's an, an expatriate, I guess. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Anyway, just uh, in April, I think uh, he opened up a brewery. Uh, in Sydney and uh, called Batch Brewing, and okay, anyway, we go inside and uh, uh, Wayne Wayne Wobbles from uh, Cigar City's in there. <laughs> You're kidding? Wow. No kidding. Yeah, he's in he's in town for Sydney Beer Week. Ah, uh, that's like right. The guest of the of them to for, you know to represent. Good guest. So anyway, I got to hang with him. And then uh, on Tuesday, that was Sunday, uh, a bunch of us all went over to Batch Brewing and had and uh, you know 
got a little tour of their brewery there and got to try Chris's beers. You did They're it right. Great. You did it right in the sense of going to Sydney after because it was Sydney, Sydney beer, beer week. week. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So yeah. we went to Sydney before and then went to Canberra. And as we were leaving for Canberra, where the conference was. It's the start of Sydney Beer Week, and I thought, oh, God, I'm a dummy. I didn't even look into it. <laughs> and a big, a lot of events too. It's a big yeah. week. Um, I brought us home the the booklet for it because they. Oh, yeah, it's very organized in terms of how to do a beer week. Hmm. Um, in other words, like <laughs> they knew their events well enough in advance to print out a yeah. full on a, book. a program yeah. for the week, which at SF Beer Week we do an okay job. I like our beer week, and there's a ton of events, but. They all come on so so late that we don't even bother printing anything, right? No. Like, we have an app, and you yeah. can navigate around. But I really liked having the booklet. So I brought it home just for that, just to show cool. our, our organizers and just kind of show, like, hey, we should plan our events a little earlier because this booklet is amazing. You could yeah. just you could walk around Sydney with it. I wonder if it's uh, if it's because, uh, you know, they had paper, paper issue. Yeah. They had paper so, in Australia. These people knew what paper was. Right. Where, are the, where, where are the trees in Australia? It's the desert. You know what? I, I wonder if we are like aliens, <laughs> where we come down with higher technology. We've evolved beyond paper. <laughs> yeah. Now it's all physical. We and call go, paper Terran 2 now. <laughs> right. And it's fine. And I go back and I'm like, why don't we have paper anymore? This works so well. <laughs> yeah. it's, like the, it's like the paleo diet but for writing yeah (laughs) i'm going analog i feel free i'm connecting with myself i feel great again my roots (laughs) that old paper thing was amazing that is quite there's something to be said for a physical fucking copy i hate digital books i don't want to kindle i want to read a book i'll buy a book i like having things very tactile thing old man yeah (laughs) get off my lawn warren So we left Sydney. We drove to Canberra, which is about a three-hour drive, just wanting to see some of Australia. And we stopped in this cool beach town called uh, – uh, I kept calling it uh, Wollongdong because it felt really no, weird. There's no beach on the way to Canberra. Uh, well, yeah. There, if you go down – we took the long route. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would yeah. call it, yeah. Uh, Wollongdong. Oh, speaking of beach, before, that, I, before Wollongdong, uh, it's actually Willingong. Not huh? Wollongong at it's, all. It's but, not Billabong. Uh, it's oh. not Billabong. It's Wollongong. Mm. Longsong. But I went to Manly Beach on the on the uh, first day there uh, too. Sounds like it. To try Manly Beach is this great beach, um, and I, we had some good beer there to try surfing again. Oh yeah, oh, along yeah. with the white well. sharks. You figure like you've been, yeah. in, you've kept yourself in shape. You're, you're a been, Californian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's your birthright. Well, you know, you've heard it on the show. I've tried before here, and I've, I've not you know? done too well. And I get to Manly, and I look out there, and I see all these people surfing, and I'm like. I can do it here. I can oh, do this. Yeah. <laughs> this is where it'll happen. As soon as I finish this beer, I'm going. I'm going out. <laughs> I'm going to do this. Do they cut your tether and call you a fucking townie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think Manly's full of tourists, so they, they were prepared for me. <laughs> Locals only. <sighs> I still couldn't fucking surf, no? man. Surfing's uh, hard. Well, first of all, by the time the you get out there... You're, You're tired. So exhausted. <laughs> I'm like drowning. I'm laying on my back on the board by the time I get out there. Oh, uh, God. You, you drive an electric bike. Do you have an electric board? So did, did you get nipple, they, nipple rash? I, yes. And they gave me this weird wetsuit that said like shark bait on the back. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know if it was a, I don't know if it was a company. It was or, covered in red meat. <laughs> yeah, uh, it had, a, had a picture of a seal on it. It was real weird. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's a, it's a company. They had big there. Go out there. That's the best curls. They must have really liked me because I was the only one wearing it. Uh, <laughs> they must have really liked you. <laughs> I think the Australians yeah. really liked they were me. They pouring chum in the water. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. drank until I left. 
They, they gave you half a fish they, to put in your suit. They put shark bait on I The Australians love me, I'm sure of it. They took you to the Stingray Zoo? Yeah. yeah. They were like, oh. <laughs> they did. They're like, oh, you don't need sunblock out here. It's the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, the sun's not as bright down here. Yeah. All I left with was tired, a bunch of sore muscles, and a gnarly sunburn on my face. And I did not catch a single wave. I caught like half of a wave. Mm, that's too mm. bad. What'd you say? You so can say you surfed. So yeah. You, you surfed Australia. I surfed Australia. Yeah, you did. Uh, anyhow. So we, we got with skin cancer. <laughs> yeah, to show for it. Yeah. But we left and we went to Wollongong and, okay. um, and found this uh, brewery called uh, Illawarra Brewing Company. And it's one of these breweries that's in like um, uh, we have them too, just like a commercial unit that has several garage doors. They're all commercial units, oh, like, like a, a single roll light up garage door, like a light. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you, and the doors open, and we can tell there's a brewery in there, but we can't see anybody. And we sort of just hang out for a while until one of us gets the balls to walk upstairs. And sure enough, there's a tasting room upstairs. Uh, hmm. Fantastic beer, wow. small brewing company in this little surf town uh, that was just uh, the porter was. I think it's the best porter I've had in years. Wow, really? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing to me. A, a, a really great porter, and I don't, I didn't get much of their background or, or, or why they're making such, such great beer, but it, yeah. it, was, it was very good. Uh, they, also, they, they ran the gamut. They gave us a double IPA. They gave us a, a, a kind of a Flanders-style beer, everything. Really? They yeah. were all really solid. nice. Huh. But they were all solid, but the, the porter was something else. See, in the States, I would see a brewery like that. There's, there's plenty of them starting in the Bay Area. That, I, I don't know why. There's tons of little breweries popping up. Mm. And I would just go, okay, I'm going to lower my expectations of this a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, still places will under-deliver. But I, yeah. I, I would have been very apprehensive about going to a, just a little roll-up light industrial brewery. Yeah. They over-delivered. It was nice. uh, great stuff. Now, uh, were, were you doing that? Were you like, okay, like when you went when you got in country, were you like, well, I don't know what to expect, so I'm not going to set it too high. I'm going to, you know, assume that there's probably going to be some flaws or not I might not get country. stellar beer or something like that. And you kind of just – or Not for the whole okay. country. Yeah. But certainly when you walk into a brewery, sometimes – you know, if there's clutter around or something, you might yeah. then go, oh, okay, they're, if they're not keeping the space clean, I, I wonder about the beer. So mm-hmm. there was a little bit of that. And um, like I said, Illawarra, you, you, you couldn't tell. It's just an open roll-up door. There was like a, um, like a roll-away two-tap jockey box right at the door. They just had like yeah. some stuff piled on it, yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Oh well, there's the tasting room." <laughs> yeah, self serve. But I was being an asshole. There's a full on tasting room upstairs. Fucking American. Yeah. yeah. So I go upstairs, and there's a tasting room, and so maybe a little white tablecloths and sommelier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They had, I, they made me put a jacket on. <laughs> uh, but that place was great. I just wanted to point that one out. That's cool. Then we drive the rest of the way to uh, Canberra, which is nothing but uh, great, you know, landscape. We're trying our damnedest to see kangaroos. Uh, I saw a bunch of them on that ride. On that ride. I well, I saw I saw a road. bunch of dead ones. <laughs> oh, really? a, uh, oh, and they're enormous. They're like our deer and, and really? raccoons. Are yeah, they really that are, fucking big? They're How like big our they? deer, and the you big ones run? are like the size of this desk. No, they're, they're what? with the tail and everything. Six feet tall. These wow. things are gnarly. They're like uh, me. They're taller. They're, I'm taller. What? It could look JP in the eyes. If it, well, if it was if like it sat on its tail, they and sort of me? they sort of yeah. hunch down, right? But yeah, like when they're like spread, when they're spread out and dead on the side of the road, you yeah. can. I mean, I think I I saw like. Did you stop and touch one? A lot of girth and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no poking. So, so the kangaroos had a lot of girth. Poking with a stick. But yeah, they had a lot of girth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now here's how you know they're like our deer, but but they're worse. All of the 
all of the semi trucks, all the yeah. uh, you know transport trucks and stuff. Right. They all have those the giant Mad Max guards oh, on yeah. the front of them, like yeah. brush guards. All of them, yeah, type cow things. Catch, like yeah. the cow catchers on the front on of trains. trains. And I mean all, oh, of yeah, them, because you can just tell how often they're hitting. They're that things. Yeah. 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 Their rule of thumb is they go, they try to yeah. hit them so they don't like. Oh right, too big of a like when when trains yeah. first were Short around. Car- oh, yeah. Cows don't know, so they they graze. They're through the plains, right? And the cows would graze, and they would just get on the tracks, and trains would go, and they just. Cut like them in snow, half. Like a snowplow. Oh, yeah. Well, no, yeah. these aren't pointed like yeah. that. They're not. Yeah. Oh, Although that would be rad. Yeah. Seems more efficient <laughs> that way. Yeah. It does, it does. yeah. In, in Minnesota, the semi-trucks have those grates <laughs> for deer. Just to keep it there yeah. for it's later. Like explode. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, wow. The deers explode when they get hit. Now, they do eat kangaroo. Uh, this is not a myth. Did you yeah, eat but, kangaroo? I did not eat kangaroo. I had some. Oh, what? Well, because I, I had some. It was good. You liked it? Oh, yeah. Well, what I asked like? about was it. it. Was it like Don't deer, say Jamie? But what is it like? I had that at Henry's or something. What does it taste like? Oh. Uh, beef. Tastes like beef. beef. Tastes like beef to mm. me. I thought it. See, I asked about it, and they said it was gamey like deer, and I don't like yeah. deer venison, uh, I so I didn't. It had a really good cut, so I don't mm. know. Maybe it could have been you the know. tenderloin. I heard that their Burger King uses <laughs> uh, kangaroo meat. Yeah. No. Get out of here. Like as a blend, like as a mix. No. Burger By the way, King. I just heard that our Burger King uses horse meat. <laughs> no, it does. Oh, as please. a mix. Human, you humans cannot crap? use horse you meat. You are down into the yeah. internet thing. Humans do not eat horse meat. That's a lie. Well, I heard. By the way, their Burger King is not called Burger King. It's called. Um, oh, J- Jacks, something Hungry Jacks. Hungry Jacks, yeah. It's called Hungry Jacks, but it's the same logo. Wow! And uh, and I saw the logo, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Burger it's King's to say Burger logo. King. Yeah. And I guess what happened is before Burger King went there, some douchebag bought the trademark to Burger King, hoping to cash in when Burger King. Oh, and they stuck oh, it to him, and they wow. were like, "All right, you know what? Fuck I it. Love that. Give Hungry it to Jacks. Them. Nice. So the same bun, you know, it's the two words in between a bun, yeah. Yeah. and it's the same menu and everything, but it's uh, Hungry Jacks. What creepy looking asshole do they have in their commercials out there? I didn't see King. Yeah, <laughs> they, you know, they have a Jack. Did that, uh, some hungry Jack? <laughs> yeah. Did that same guy try to do it with uh, Jack in the Box? Right, like, exactly. We're calling it King. Right. King no, in the Box. Jack in the Box. Yeah, uh, no in Jack the in the Box. I didn't see so that. What there. do they call a quarter pounder? I don't know. I don't eat fast food, so it's I didn't not go Not a lot royale. It's not. Did you go into Hungry Jacks, Tasty and C? Uh, no, I avoided those places. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see. I ate like pizza that doesn't have any white cheese on it. What they're using for cheese? I <laughs> <laughs> don't know what? about mozzarella. I guess. What oh, form yellow. was the kangaroo in? Was it steak? It's a steak, yeah. Oh, it was wow. like a nice, really nice cut uh, slice. Yeah. Did you did you have a meat pie? I did it. Uh, 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 pie face? No, no, at the place, uh, the oldest. Uh, oh, at, seen, at, um, at the hotel. Louis, what it, we just said it. Whatever. Yeah, there, I had the beef pie. Okay. Lord Nelson? Lord yeah, Nelson. Think, thank yeah, you, Lord Beardy. Nelson. Yeah, Someone's yeah, Thank you. Uh, meat no, pies? Um, listen, Hop Grenade, I think, needs to have I love pies. meat pies. Uh, apparently, Burger King franchises in Australia are called Hungry Jacks. So it's they're the same. No, that's what I was saying. Oh, no, oh I was yeah. saying it's the same company. No, they stuck lo- it to the guy who tried to... Who bought the trademark Burger King. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. Got it, right. So are, yeah, is it a single it. kind of meat in a meat pie? No. Or is it a- it's a, oh, a blend. Well, it's like well, a, like a, you parts? You, know. you can get lamb. You can get lambwich. Uh, I had uh, I had beef and bacon and cheese, oh, and wow. then you can get it. Oh, so that's mm. the pie. But then you can get it with mashed potatoes and peas and gravy on top of that. Oh, yeah, that's what wow. I had. So because that stuff they is usually it. in the pie. No, not it. Not no, here. But not there. The pie is all meat and maybe cheese. But the stuff that other stuff, the the mashed Toppings. potatoes and everything, you you stack it on top. 
and is it, is it's it in like a pie crust and it's glorious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the whole it's thing a, looks like a little pie. Yeah, we do need to oh, carry wow. those. Literally like it's a pie. Not as crispy as ours, but it's, it's something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm, no charcuterie. But it's um, there was some charcuterie. I didn't have any. Um, but the meat pies are good. Oh. oh yeah, they have like fast food meat pie places. That's where I ate it, like a pie face because uh, I couldn't find a a real meat oh. pie place. And even the fast food pies are pretty good. You can get a kangaroo pie. <laughs> that was your chance to have kangaroo. I know. Or kangaroo charcuterie. Do they do that? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I didn't see. A lot of lamb in Australia. Love lamb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Australia. New Zealand lamb is supposed to be pretty prized. Lots of lamb. Yeah. So uh, I can only imagine. So we get to Canberra. Now, Canberra is the nation's capital. And the other red meat. Uh, that's where the conference is. I thought it was Sydney. And I'm going to say that even the organizers warned us ahead of time. They're like, hey, so you should come to Canberra for the conference, but you should go to other places. <laughs> that's about it. Good. And, 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 so, and wear this flak jacket while you do, while you do that. <laughs> no, no. Canberra is yeah. perfectly safe and everything's yeah. fine. But the it's a fake city. Like, you, like Disneyland where it just has facades? Like Truman Show. When you're after wow. about a day, we were trying to put our finger on what's wrong with Canberra, and we okay. couldn't because everything's neatly placed, and it's all sort of perfectly. It's like a, like it's like the hand of God just uh, stuck a building here and outlined a perfect street there. And it sounds wonderful. Um, no, no, it's not like a, you're thinking Disneyland where it's all like painted perfectly. Yeah. I'm just talking like from an engineering perspective. Mm-hmm. It's it all has perfect like placement it's too well thought out and there's nobody there it's symmetrical so it's, it's not- very symmetrical and and made for like high volumes of stuff and there's nothing there okay and it's fake it's a fake town and it well, turns you- out yeah, sorry. Downtown Martinez. it turns out that sydney and melbourne yeah. couldn't agree on who on who would be the capital. <laughs> so instead, they just built a city smack in the middle to be the capital. No so it's shit. fairly new. No, they like, built it in the, I don't know, 60, I don't, I'm not sure. Okay. Not that old, right? Okay. And they there was nothing there. They just built it to be the capital to, a, to appease Sydney and Melbourne. And so they just have this one in the, in the middle. Who's they? The Sydney and Melbourne. Democracy. They, they just chipped in and like, you know what? Fuck it. We can't agree. We're going to... Th- well, maybe the nation agreed. Like, the federal yeah. government was like, if you two cities oh, well, can't yeah. help us figure it out, then we're just going to put one. We're just going to make one. I don't one. know how okay. it... I just know that that's how it came about. And it's weird. And the, all of the streets are circular, so it's hard to get around because you're oh, like... Wow. Roundabouts. So Every wow. intersection is a roundabout. Well, not just that, but like literally... So like Canberra Street. If you're on the wrong circle, you're going to just Well, like in San Francisco, for example, you'd go, okay, oh, we just found Canberra Street. So that's cool. I know this goes north and south. Right. Well, it's not true there because it eventually turns and goes east and west, and then it goes north and south again, and then it goes east and west. Right. It's a friggin' circle. Yeah. Okay. So we couldn't get around. Nathan and Nicole and I are walking home one night. We weren't sober, I will admit. Wandering. From yeah. uh, a bar called Transit Bar. I was there. Yeah. That had a, it was a great time. I walked to Transit Bar from the, from the, uh, that sounds ironic for, to build up to the story. <laughs> we yeah. walked 45 minutes. Oh, fuck off. We were 10 <laughs> minutes from our hotel. No We way. still couldn't find it. We jumped in a cab. We were three blocks from no. our hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and partly it was our inebriation, but partly yeah. it's the stupid circular did you streets. Walk, did you walk all the way around and got three blocks away? <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, Pretty fuck much. It, it's a cab. Pretty much. And then just you didn't Google map it or mm. something? 
Oh, it's international. You can't use your data. It, what? It, uh, that's I that's the oh. other thing. Like you're, well, you literally data. are traveling to the center yeah. of the earth. Imagine having no internet. Yeah, I guess I guess mole men no, don't I, have repeater. I towers. did sometimes. I got a data package so that I could use it for walking for navigation. So so, yeah. so did I. But I Even I had then. a longer trip. I had three weeks to oh, get, yeah. and I was I was conserving, and I was enjoying the walk. You know. <laughs> as far as you know, we were right. stepping That's over dead kangaroos. So it's, like walk, it's a well-engineered city, but there's no one there to enjoy the the fruits of the labor. Is well, what you're that, saying? That seems it's to be just, a theme with you because you got us lost in New York doing the same thing. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> I wonder what the, the New York the is engineered in circles. Uh, the, well, the GPS wouldn't work because the tall buildings. The common the, denominator. Yeah. yeah, I can't work without a GPS. Yeah. So this is a good. Following an international contest for the city's design, a blueprint by the Chicago architects Griffin and Griffin uh, was selected, and they, con- they constructed the city. It was 1913, so yeah, it is pretty new. The Griffin's plan featured geometric motifs such as circles, hexagons, and triangles, and was centered on axes aligned with significant topographical landmarks in the territory. And so someone, so, in, someone in Chicago was just like, let's fuck with the Australians. Kinda, so even we walked around, uh, we walked around Parliament and stuff, and there are the, there, it's impressive the architecture and the way they've done it, but it's also it just feels weird. I can't really put my finger on it. And when I said it, I was trying to explain it to the Aussies, and I finally said it feels like a fake city. They finally went, yeah, that's that. Now I think you got it. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, hmm. it was still great to be there, and the people were good. We went to Bent Spoke. They were at a reception, company. our meet and greet. Uh, our party, our meet and greet party, which was yeah, part of how the. How was that? I think it was the best party uh, of the week. Really? Uh, personally. Uh, one thing I was worried about that was that we couldn't mule enough beer over. Yeah. But either the Aussies don't, when, when, when it's special beer, I, I, either they don't like chug and grasp and make sure I get they're mine very like we do. They're polite. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like or we actually world. brought enough beer because, uh, you know, we brought a, I don't know, a table full of 22-ounce bottles, and yeah. it lasted until wow. the end, and we were all hammered at the end, and we were yeah. all having a great time. Yeah. Um, or theirs is so much better, they were disappointed yeah. in the U.S. beer that we brought. Yeah, they're like, ah, well, I don't need any this more. This is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Give me two ounces. This I'm is good. what yeah. Russian River is on now? <laughs> oh. Well, so one thing was I did bring some beers that I know they can get. Like I brought some hoppy ballast point beers and a, and a heretic and a few things like that, but I did it on purpose. I thought... I know you guys get this beer, but I've seen, but I saw it on the shelf. Yeah, I, like I know how old bucks. it is. Right? Yeah, they yeah. well, not just twenty seven dollars for yeah. a bottle of Evil oh. Twin. It sat in a container across the ocean, yeah. and then I don't know how it was stored, and then it went to the shop. So my hope was that it would taste different, and I think that was true. That's I think a good what point. happened: people came up at first, and they're like, "Oh, we get ballast," and I, I had to explain. I, I know, but I want you to try it, and just you tell me. Yeah. And I think that unanimously, people were like, "Oh." Well, that's, that's how it's supposed to taste. Yeah. That's what it tastes yeah. like. Even if it is refrigerated, if it's nine months old, yeah. there's still no chance <laughs> right. that it's going to taste the same yeah. as something that was flown over. Yeah, we found some heretic that was, yeah, $30 a 22-ounce bottle, oh, and yeah. uh, I didn't see the born-on date specifically, but it wasn't too young. And, and that's not heretic's fault. It's, oh, no. Uh, you know, Aussies want the beer, and that's they're, they're willing to pay the price for it. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm kind of the same. I'm willing to try beer from other places. And I just take it with a grain of salt. I try to get uh, the essence of what maybe the beer was yeah. Yeah. and then hope to try it fresh one day. Well, especially if you've been drinking beer for any length of time and you, you, you've you experimented a bit, you know how beer tastes when it is travel-weary, when it's road-weary. And so you have that kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, set uh, parameters in your palate and you go, okay, I'm expecting these 
four things or whatever. Yeah. A little oxidation, maybe a little light struck. I don't know who, you know, what happens. Um, and then everything else is kind of like that's the essence of the brewery. So you do kind yeah. of like take off 20%. Uh, of the quality of the beer because you know that it comes from another place and how beer uh, travels is terrible these days. Uh, so I agree, and I think it's the only way you can taste beer from another part of the world is yeah. to sort of do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, of course, I feel bad for the... Maybe one thing about it is that if you're sort of a casual beer drinker, you're not even going to taste it because it's $30 uh, a, a bottle. So maybe American brewers should mm. feel a little more comfortable that at least the people who are going to buy it and taste it are have this knowledge. You yeah. know, that they know to shave off 20% or whatever. But Bent Spoke Brewing Company, I heard about their brewer all the way to Canberra. All the brewers saying, oh, yeah, he's right. the guy. Richard oh, Wagner. Try Richard, his Wagner. Richard, yeah. Uh, a good guy. They are very gracious yeah. to host us and makes wonderful beer. Um, Beers are excellent. Yeah. yeah. Had a good time. So who ate all the pies came yes. out and party with us? Who ate awesome. all the pies? Got hammered w- with me and everybody uh, 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 else at the, at the party. And at who one, ate all the pies? At one point at night uh, at, at the party, pies is kind of yelling at me. You know, he's drunk and he's in my face. He's right here. And uh, the Aussies were looking out for me. Like they kept trying to, you know, uh, see if I needed help or to get, you know, sit him down. What they didn't realize was I was totally poking the bear. Like, <laughs> I kept telling him that he was an aborigine, and, and he, he kept trying to tell, tell me that he's part Navajo, and the more he told me, the more I just argued with him about it. So he's yelling in my face. <laughs> yeah. Was he more understandable in person without the phone? Uh, no. No? Same? <laughs> Sober, yes. Drunk, No. And, it's, okay. and he's spitting in my face. And, <laughs> but for some reason, I was drunk enough, and I just kept poking. And I was, I was having a great time. But I, uh, Richard and like Vinny and Natalie, so the owner of the place and a, and a few, I don't know what you would say, respectable people are sitting around a table sort of nearby. Americans. And I can t- you would say American. <laughs> I'm egging this guy on, and the Aussies are trying to settle him down. And I realize at one point, oh, maybe I should stop. Like, I think they're now, the owners are uncomfortable. Yeah. And the, mm. and the polite table is uncomfortable with what's happening. Because me, I'm like, ah, oh, it's fine. Let him scream. Let's go. <laughs> they sat, the, the, check out this trick. This is a fantastic trick that you can use on your friends like Doc or anybody else who you're out one night yeah. and, he's, you, and he's a pain in the ass, but he doesn't, he doesn't want you to shut him down. So they sit him down finally. And he's like, I still want to drink. I still want to drink. And, and they, they said, tased right. him. They said, all right. <laughs> they handcuffed him to the chair. <laughs> yeah. They said, all right, no problem. We'll, we'll keep getting you beer. Uh, so he had six more beers from that point. <laughs> but what they did was they go to the bar and they would order a quarter pint of porter and fill the rest with water. No. Oh. And they gave it to him, and he never knew. He Get never questioned it. And even the next day, he was certain that he was still drinking beer until the bitter end. Wow. And it's mm. full on. It's still black. And you just you pick yeah, the darkest. Multi, yeah. You pick the darkest beer at the bar. With the mo- most flavors. You do a, yes. you do a, a third yeah. of the pint or whatever. Carbonated and water. You're yeah. drunk. Oh, you, when, yeah. when you're so drunk that you're being yeah, cut off, yeah, yeah. these are not things totally. you notice. You're just happy to be given a cold thing that yeah. looks like beer. They probably yeah. charge them full price, too. So oh, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe they did. Double pie. It's charged twice as much for yeah. that. I think uh, we need to have a staff see, meeting here at the grenade. I, I have used that technique on Sam. Oh, you have? Uh, I have, actually. And it worked? It was years ago, but we, uh, we went, we were at a wedding or something, and he was just trash. 
And we ended up going to a bar afterwards, and I was like, this fool can't drink anymore. So I went to the bar, and I ordered him a vodka cranberry juice, but I was like, cranberry juice and water. Make it look pink so that that fool thinks there's lots of booze in there. Oh, yeah. A little lime on the, the ridge of the glass. Yeah, good call. He sat wow. down, he drank it. He was huh. like, I don't even taste the booze. I was like, that's how drunk you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pi sat down quiet for another hour, hour and a half, drinking beer as far as he knew. Um, See, that'd be wasted on me because I wouldn't remember it by that point anyway. <laughs> That's the point. That's the cool point. But, but, but all that matters is that you're not yelling at us right. to get you another right. beer anymore. Right. And which is what Pies was doing and everything. You got your beer. Everybody's happy. I love Pies so much. Mm, me too. So like I said, people, were, I think, were worried that Pies was like on my nerves. And finally, I'm like, guys, Pies is my favorite Australian. Yes. I don't. I, he can. He can. He's spitting on my face. He's screaming. Yeah. I don't even care. No. I love that man. Yes. You know how many germs we, are in his spit? We. <laughs> I'm None. too drunk to think None. about it. Okay. None. Well, no. He's yeah. he's pies. Pies. Uh, Aborigines so are, are. He's part free. Aboriginal, part right. Navajo. There are no oh, germs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And if they are, they're healing. <laughs> healing yeah, germs. Healing germs. In yeah, fact, Bobby. I think he cured my germophobia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <wow. laughs> with his, yeah. With his healing fact, spit. There's negative germs. He's anti-germs. He's got anti-germs. Yes. In fact, Pies is a superhero. Yes, he is. He's anti-germ man. Right. And he pulls the germs from your body uh, into his own. Oh, That's why he looks right. so wow. terrible. Because he's, he's, he pulls them from... He's the best kind of superhero. Yeah. Self-sacrificing. Well, still, his, his name is great because it's a, it's a chant that people yeah. chant at, at their uh, opposing like soccer teams or like big About a fat, fat footballers. Guy. Right, yeah. Who ate all the pies? You fat bastard. You ate all the pies. So he's a he's a big dude. Yeah, he calls himself basically a big fat bastard. He does. I fucking love that guy. So uh, because <laughs> Push has a good heart and a good head, he made us walk pies home. He was so drunk, and we walked. Aww. Yeah, so we walked pies. I'm like, Push, come on, let's go have a beer. He's like, No, no, we, I got to walk into his yurt. We walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's more of a hut. But, yeah. Brutat says pies full on kissed him like. Tongue on tongue. teeth. Oh no! <laughs> That's true. Wow. Pies put. Well, Brutat has pretty hair. <laughs> he yeah. put a full-on tongue kiss onto Brew Tattoo. Wow. That's how you know you're a man. Onto his teeth. Yeah. Talk about two <laughs> ugly <laughs> men French the kissing. Uh, right. It now. was a one-way French kiss. Though. <laughs> it was unreciprocated. <laughs> it was. I'm glad I didn't see it because I would have thrown up on Pies at that moment. <laughs> he must have had a lot of germs. Yeah, I was. Pies was removing the germs yeah. from inside. Yeah. Yeah. He was just Brutat doing his mouth. thing. Yeah. Your yeah. name would have been who lost all the pies at that point. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who doesn't have any pies? Yeah. Pie tosser. Yeah. So pies was great. Everyone was great. Um, it was a good time, right, Tasty? Couldn't be better. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and I, I just want to thank the organizers, too, who made sure to take care of us and make sure yeah, we were Yeah, thank fine, you very uh, much for bringing the, the beer in there. Way. That's awesome. The, the they, seminars they, were really good, too. You know, a yeah. lot of people were asking me, like, well, what do you think about, you know, our conference versus... Uh, the one that you go to in the U.S. And I go like, well, if we're all in the same room, then I can see you guys are much smaller. But if I'm just in one of the seminars, I mean, you know. The information's I, as you know, big it's as. Just as good, yeah. The information's good and interesting. I don't really sense that I'm only, there's only three or 400 people here or whatever it was. Yeah. Did, did you guys stop by the Grain and Grape? And see the homebrew. No, because it's in Melbourne. But uh, but, were, but okay. Grain and Grape, they were there. Uh, so we got to hang out with John Preston. Yeah, it was great. And he's. Oh, I love that guy, too. He's the nicest man. Yeah, uh, really him and Push should get married, I think, because the they two of them really are about should. as nice as they And they're about as short as could be, too. You, you, <laughs> oh. if, they, if John and Push and nice. had a kid, you could pick it up and put it in your breast pocket. Oh, I did. No, I picked up John in my arms. I just oh. carried him around for, like, <laughs> half a day. Thing ever. 
Oh. Just like, he was like a little Melbourne baby. Oh. He was like my little, what's the kangaroo Joey. baby? He's a like Joey. my little Joey. Joey. Uh. Yeah, I had a hoodie and I just opened up, you know, the hand and pouch. Oh, them right yeah. in. And I put John in it. And oh. I just, and it was the damnedest thing. You can just take out a little apricot instead of right on the little apricot. <laughs> and just be like, this is. And he goes, good day. <laughs> I'll see you in a fortnight. Yeah. That's all he did. Oh, it's adorable. Yeah, he ate apricots and said, good day. I'll see you in a fortnight all week long. <laughs> <laughs> That's all John Preston does. I can see why he's so successful because it's the cutest thing you ever saw. Keep it simple. That's his thing. Did you see him in a Fortnite? (laughs) Good day. Well, no. Here's an example. So uh, our our growler company screwed up our growler order. Oh, fuck! And all these people had bought growlers as part of the deal, and we gave them the timeline. Like they got, we ordered them well in advance. Yeah, they got to be here for this, and they weren't there for that. And then we said, all right, here's your last deadline, and it didn't happen. So we we show up to all these people who paid money for a growler that we can't ship to them from here. Without losing all the money that we it's a yes. that, yeah. that paid for our trip, the whole yeah. thing would have would have been a loss. Well, uh, we got the company to ship in bulk. They're gonna instead of us having to ship to each individual, the company is gonna ship it to John Preston at Grain and Grape, and he's gonna help us get it to the Aussies. In oh, awesome. nice! So he's totally helped because then he's doing it on the Australian dollar. It, it's you know within Australia, yeah. Uh, rather than us shipping, like I said, to each address from here. Right? Yeah. Well, the 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 American dollar to seashell conversion is terrible. <laughs> it's really hard yeah. to do. <laughs> right. So th- just an example of how nice John is. He said, "No problem. I'll help you out. I'll ship." it to all the people who bought it for you just get it to my shop yeah uh so just a good guy really supports in fact he won their first ever uh it's the equivalent of our recognition award you know we give the recognition award out Mm -hmm. well they just started that this year it's their forced uh, fourth anhc and john preston got it for his contribution to homebrewing in australia because he's the one who brings in uh, or uh, at least over, over over time has brought in more ingredients more grains more equipment more more unique things to homebrewing instead of just going because you can go to the grocery store there and buy stuff, right? Yeah. Well, he's really changed that, and so he got the recognition award. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've dealt with John for a long time through more beer, and he's just always a chipper dude. Always, he just always pet him on the he head. Just want to pet him, yeah. But he, he's he's always <laughs> focused on what's new, what's next. Yeah, he's really moving craft beer along and, and homebrewing along down there. So uh, good, good job, Johnny. Yeah. Just buy some uh, yeah. fucking you know elevator shoes or something. <laughs> and a great sponsor of the BM. Yeah. Ooh, Fufoon is in my glass. It's yes. great, isn't it? From uh, UK Phil, beer merchants. Ooh. Go to beermerchants.com.uk, uh, I believe. Phil, you're the man. Fufoon, man. Yeah. For sending this. So tasty. Good stuff. Um, I don't want mine. Does somebody want? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you guys can fight to the death over it. All right. Oh, to the we'll death. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to hear about hookers in Hong Kong, or do you want to take a break? <laughs> Let's take a break so I can go get food. Okay. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we got to do some beer news. Uh, we'll wrap up Australia. I'll tell you all about hookers in Hong Kong. Just to clarify, food for everybody, not just myself. <laughs> well, you're going to eat all the pizza? I'm going to cut that part out in post because it's funnier the way you said it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hang in there. It's the session. Thanks to the Aussies. We'll talk a little more about it when we come back. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on 
the Brewing Network. Introducing Clarity Firm from White Labs, an amazing tool for pro brewers and home brewers. Clarity Firm is an endoprotease that will reduce chill haze and increase the stability of your beer and produces gluten-reduced beer. Clarity Firm is easy to use. Just add it when you pitch your yeast, and Clarity Firm will do its work during fermentation. When fermentation is complete, chill haze will already have been addressed. In addition, reduce the gluten content in beers made with barley and wheat with Clarity Firm. Most beers made with Clarity Firm will test below 20 parts per million, the current international standard for gluten-free. Better looking and more stable beer with the added benefit of reduced gluten so you can pour your beer for more friends and customers. Why wouldn't you use Clarity Firm? Clarity Firm from White Labs. The reasons are crystal clear. Learn more at whitelabs.com. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. All right, welcome back to the show, and thanks for hanging out with us. We've got just a few things left to do here. Uh, but let me let you know first about uh, Beersmith.com. If you need a, a place to find some brewing software, go to, over to Beersmith. It's Beersmith.com, and uh, it's the best brewing software on the market. Uh, but you can also find yourself uh, some DVDs there. And they just recently did a DVD with uh, John Palmer, How John to Palmer. Brew All Grain. John Palmer. On DVD. So, you know, for those of you who don't read... At all. <laughs> like Blind Guy. Remember Blind Guy or Listener Can't Even See? Beardy. 
Oh wait, I guess you can't watch it. Yeah, never mind. Oh, you can't watch the DVD. You don't need you to see the DVD. Yeah. Like, he can't tape. read. He can, oh, you can hear it. It's fine. You can hear yeah, a DVD. You can hear a DVD. Yeah. Uh, go to beersmith.com and you can check out their line of DVDs, uh, tutorial videos on how to use the software. Uh, there's also a blog and a podcast and recipes galore and you name it. Go check it out. You can get yourself a free trial download, a free 21 day trial download, which is enough to let you know that you love the software. And if you don't, uh, no harm, no foul. Go over to beersmith. Dot com and check it out. Please do that. All right. So we have a couple things to do, including some beer news. But I wanted to let you know just about my new favorite place on Earth, which is Hong Kong. Oh so I flew from uh, – uh, we went over to Perth after Canberra, which is the other side of Australia. Yeah. Uh, Chris White uh, talked us into going there where we went to Little Creatures Brewery. You must have had Little Creatures beer. Yeah, I had that. That's really good. I was surprised that you – well, they're in Perth. They went all the way over there. You know, and – Maybe not the smartest travel decision I ever made. It's a lo- another long ass flight. Okay. How so, long can it be? It's right. Like, it's like going, it's so like that's going what I thought. But that's because you and me are idiots. It, nine <laughs> hours? Yeah. No. What? Turns they, out their little island is quite big. Did they really? go around in circles like a couple <laughs> yeah. times? No. So it's literally from one side to the other. It's what? Like it's one side coast of the continent. It's it's a continent. Well, yeah. sure. But we I mean, went from one side continent. of it to the other. But so a continent is definitely you know, right. It's a definition. It's not a size. It's it's almost two times the U.S. I'm pretty sure it was an eight-hour flight. And no, it wouldn't be that. It would take you uh, six hours. over six hours to get to New York from yeah, here. Yeah, so oh, really? If you went from SFO to New York, it's about six and a half hours. Oh, I thought it was five. So, no. Why I was, it's less back. Why I, I was reading something. I'm running the, whoa, yeah, it's less back. I went to Perth? Shit. Uh, yeah, Whitey talked us into that too. I thought there was a uh, typo or something. but Which it actually was cool because Little Creatures Brewery is amazing. And the brewery itself is actually the largest restaurant in the southern hemisphere mm. it has wow. so much seating and it's so full constantly that they have it's like a russian river all right this it sounds like liberty station uh it's Stone. Yeah. but they have like 90 servers on at a time that's how big they're wow. yeah it's the whole place is just crazy and it's right on the water Great beer, great location. I guess they're owned by one of the uh, big breweries over there now, uh, Lion. But I don't give a shit about that stuff. If the beer's still good and the experience is still good, then yeah. I actually really don't care who owns it. And um, both of those things are true. The brewery tour is one of the best I've ever been on. They had a very animated and cool guy. And the staff's very cool. The food was good. The beer's awesome. Their lagers, Doc, uh, make a great pilsner. So um, there's a brewery on location at, at the restaurant? Uh, sorry, it's a brewery with a restaurant. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. It's so small the, brewery, big restaurant. The building itself <laughs> has a unique history. It's a big, uh, like almost a hangar. It was built when the Aussies finally took the, um, um, is it what's the sailing cup? America's Cup. Uh, you know, America's Cup was called America's Cup because we just kept winning and winning and winning. It was our cup. Oh wow! Okay. The Aussies finally beat us, and so it went to Australia for the first time, and so they built this big kind of hangar to build their boat in. So it's this huge, uh, very tall, so that the mast could come in. Um, Well, the following year, the U.S. won the cup back, and I think it stayed here again. And so the area sort of, it's sort of like when the Olympics come to town. You build up up all this infrastructure, but then you're back to being a little town. Right. Uh, And that's kind of what happened there. Well, uh, at, at some point, it was a crocodile farm. 
Um, oh, that's amazing. Which was a weird thing there. Like, you think, oh, Australian crocodiles, that makes sense. There are no crocodiles in Perth or anywhere near Perth. Yeah. So it was just a strange thing to put in, and you'd go in, and you'd walk the gangplanks above the, uh, you know, kind of up high and look, and you'd throw chickens down and feed the crocodiles. Well, that went out of business. And then, finally, Little Creatures bought the building. And it worked perfectly for a brewery. Sure, yeah, those high ceilings, right? In fact, so much so that they ended up building an identical one next to it. Huh. Uh, so not for any reason other than to match it and because it worked <laughs> perfectly. So now it's just this enormous brewery with enough seating uh, within the brewery, outside the brewery, in the next door, in the front, in the back, just seating everywhere. And apparently there's always a line out the door. Uh, we got lucky. We showed up on like a Wednesday, and mm. it was very busy, but we didn't have a line out the door. Um, but they're just doing enormous numbers and still making great beer. Yeah. And they have a whole other brewery now uh, in another part of the of the country. Yeah, they opened oh. across yeah across the thing. Yeah, uh, uh, and in fact, I think that they don't have a bottling line there, so they put the beer in tankers, like tanker trucks. You know, there's like a oh, milk wow. mm-hmm. like finished right? finish beer goes into they the put, tanker truck, and they spend and they send it over to the bottling plant to be, to be bottled. Wow! Uh, so it's a unique, uh, but the the beer and bottles taste great, mm. uh, especially compared to some of the other beer and bottles in Australia. wasn't so great. Which actually, I didn't bring you guys bottles home, literally for that because reason. Of that one. Mm. On tap, I found it all to be uh, above par. Yeah. When I bought bottles. It was just okay. So, so they got some work to do there. We you you left from Sydney to Perth. Uh, no, we went Sydney to Canberra, okay. and then Canberra to Perth with a stopover in, in Melbourne. But we oh, that's just, why it took nine hours. Okay, uh, yeah, like a quick stop. Yeah, there was a one hour in between. Yeah, so okay. Because I'm looking on, online and it says like you know five hours from. Perth to Sydney, and I'm like, well, what value airline did you choose? Yeah, no, it was like, it was two hours to Melbourne, and then an hour later, and then, uh, yeah. Okay, Uh, that makes a little more sense, all right. Um, So then, so we stayed there, we actually went to wine country, and that's where we found Feral Brewing, they're out in wine country, there's one of the breweries out there. I'm going to post some pictures of another brewery that just opened that they spent uh, like $30 million building. It's a winery slash brewery. Oh, wow. So, so like Chad. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. How I, is Australian wine? I have a, a pr- pretty good. Um, you know, you can get Australian wine here, but I don't think it's the good stuff. I think we get, oh. the, I think we get the shit. Um, it, it's some nice wine out there. And this is, yeah, literally on one half of it is a winery. The other half is a, I can't remember the name, but I'll, I'll put some uh, photos up on Facebook. And um, they were cool. They were a little snobby to us but mm. th- we were there late so may- they were about to close or something oh, I, don't okay. want, I don't want to put that that's up all right but, um, uh, i'll think of the name and you should go there just anybody interested to see what kind of brewery 30 million dollars can build holy shit <laughs> this place is beautiful <laughs> um so that was really cool so we flew from there to hong kong we went with whitey with chris white he, he goes to hong kong to to work there from time to time and he talked us into doing that which wasn't that hard to do and i thought <laughs> i don't know I just thought, eh, you know, uh, Hong Kong. Yeah. What are you going to eat right. scorpions on a stick and yeah. Yeah. crap yeah. in a hole in the mess. ground? Yeah. Hong Kong is one of the best places on planet Earth. Let's move there right it's, now. It's, and it's the kind of place that you go to and Property you go, two. I could move here. Yeah. I could move here tomorrow. It's, uh, it's amazing. So first no of all. No language barrier, nothing? No language barrier. Really? So keep in mind, and this is stuff, again. Uh, uh, Studio uh, HK. You don't think you, Yeah. <laughs> Were you. Were you saying hello? <laughs> you don't. None of these things happen in Hong Kong. So here's what you have to keep in mind: 
Hong Kong was a British colony, and it was a British colony for 100 years, 99 to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They signed a 99-year lease, the Brits, uh, at which point at the end of 99 years, which I guess happened in... 1999. Was it 99? Yeah. I kept hearing, I thought it was 97 or something, but... 99. Yeah, so ninety nine, and they had to, and they handed it back, and they and when they handed it back, their the country motto is something kind of like, cause it's now China, all right, and it wasn't mm-hmm. before; it was Britain. Now it's China. It's one country, two systems. Okay, so Hong Kong is still a democracy, and mainland China is how they they, they call it: mainland China or Hong Kong. July first, ninety seven. It was ninety seven. That's that's what I thought. Uh, so nice, and it, but it's all China. Um, it's part of, by the way, there's protests going on right now. And part of the reasons it's the first time that the Chinese government has sort of gone back a little bit on their one country, two systems mm. rule. Mm. And they're saying, we're, they're basically mm. saying, we're still going to let you vote, we gotta, but we're going to pick the candidates. Right. Right. You, you can oh. choose between yeah. our selections. Yeah. Good. So forgive me if I'm saying what you already know because it's all over the news. But no, they're no. protesting it. We were a little worried going there because the protests got a little violent in terms of the police tear gassing people. Thousands of people got like jailed. And so we're watching it on the news all the way there. But we thought, fuck it. When we got there, it was so boring in terms of protest. That finally, instead of feeling like we should avoid it, we finally went and sought it out. We were okay. like, well, let's go to the protest area. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, right. Best way to get on the fly list. I'm not in yeah. danger. Yeah. I, I can stand in front of a tank. Yeah. No right, problem. Yeah. 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 Some cars to, over. You wanted to stand in the no man zone between <laughs> Democracy and yes, communism. Yes, and communism. Yeah. Well, by the time we got there, uh, now the it, it's mostly students. They had the students had barricaded off major streets, like large blocks of streets. But by this point, the police were leaving them alone, and it's small numbers of people. But one weird thing is there are tons of um, civilian dressed dressed communists. Sort of standing around, mm. everything Nixon feared, listening mm. to people talking, and you could. What? Somebody said it to me at first, <laughs> and I was like, "Whatever." Well, after a little while, you could see it. You could see well, you, you'd out. be standing in a group. I, we were talking to students and things, and you and you'd turn and you'd see somebody just staring at you. <laughs> and then when you were done talking, when our little group dispersed, they dispersed also. And it hmm. happened on numerous occasions. And we talked to one local finally who was like started to point people out to us. And uh, I, I guess people know in Hong Kong, you don't really walk down the street talking about politics in general. Never mind go on strike. Because there are just some of the things you know about communism that you've seen in the movies or whatever, yeah. a lot of these things are sort of true. Wow. And so uh, I'll just point out briefly that, that some of these students, sort of their future is in danger. They're, they are fighting to keep their democracy, which is kind of important. It's a bit of a slippery slope it's when they say, of, yeah. oh, you'll still get to vote, but we'll just pick who you get to vote for. <laughs> right. and, but to stand up and say something about it, they're really putting their future in jeopardy. Yeah, because yeah. you can be damn sure that their names are now put on a list. Because, make no mistake, Hong Kong is China. Yeah. Now. It just happens to be run under two governments. Well, and if you think people in, in Hong Kong are, are, are you know, to be applauded for doing that, think about in mainland China. Yeah. Where, forget, I, 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 I would not do it. No. I'll, I'm gonna, no I'll, I'll tell you right now. There's no way. I'll just sit down and eat my lizard on a stick. <laughs> yeah. uh, and tomorrow, 200 lazy asses aren't going to get off their ass and go vote yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, right. that's right. So I found that interesting, and I, and I, found, I found these students to be quite, I, I think, brave. I mean, they're, like I said, they got tear gassed. 
they got this, they got that. Their be, their names are being documented, and they still have barricaded off streets. We could see they were zip tying things together so that the which actually, if you think about, it, it's super effective. Some of their barricades had uh, all these different pieces of of metal and wood and, and different stuff. Um, all zip tied with thousands of of zip ties together, so that it couldn't just be bashed through anymore. Uh-oh. And at first, I thought, well, this is really rudimentary. But then, after a little while, I thought, actually, thousands of zip ties are pretty goddamn strong. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not saying yeah. a tank can't go through well, it, no, but, but that's not what was happening. They weren't bringing in tanks. The police were just pushing through barricades before, yeah. mm. and now they're not pushing through shit. Right. Uh, Anyhow, uh, props to them for standing up for what they believe, and hopefully I'm allowed back into Hong Kong uh, after saying this. Other things about Hong Kong, um, it's English-speaking everywhere, so you don't have to worry about that. It was a British country for 99 years, so uh, almost everybody, including Chinese people, speak English, uh, or Cantonese, or Mandarin, or all three. So anywhere you go, you can... You can do all the things you'd expect to do in any English-speaking country, which made it great because the things you're doing there are not things you get in any English-speaking country. You're eating amazing food. Um, you're going to – I don't know. The shops are different. They make suits there like by hand. You can get a suit made in <laughs> yes. 24 hours. Yeah, like, they measure, wow. like they measure you. You pick out the fabric. You tell them the style of the lapel. Like you name it. You show up a day later and your suit's ready. You tell them whether you dress right or left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed you didn't text us all for our measurements. Yeah. (laughs) We ate dim sum like two meals a day. Never mind that. How was the lemon chicken? Was it as good as it is here? No lemon chicken. No sweet and sour pork. No lemon chicken. No. Orange. No broccoli beef. No broccoli beef. None of this. No America. It's kind of like Mexican food in America, right? Like you go to Mexico and they're like, super burrito. What are you talking about? Burrito. What are you? Burrito's American anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So the, but also uh, also Japanese food, um, uh, Middle Eastern food. I mean, you name it. And Burger, cheap. Burger King. We were eating some. Uh, <laughs> yes, of Hungry course, Jack. Burger King, uh, uh, McDonald's everywhere, like every other place I've been. Yeah. Uh, we were eating some meals for five dollars a person. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. We pay twenty five dollars a person here. Now here's the other thing. So <laughs> the bars are open till. Everybody leaves, I think, is the rule. <laughs> so someone can afford a watch. Right. And at, there's now, of course, there are normal bars you can go to, and there are other bars you can go to. Oh, well, I don't know about those other bars. You know, I like the oh. seedy side. You don't really sure. go to a, you don't yeah. go to a strip club in, in Hong Kong. You don't have to. You, you <laughs> go to you go to a normal bar, and there are full on like uh, gentlemen bars, brothels, right? Like you go in, and it looks like a strip club, but really nobody strips. You you sit down at a bar, and the person who sits next to you is a hooker. Uh, and that's all perfectly legal. But then there are bars. You just you go to a bar. We went to one, and there's a, a great Filipino band playing. And the ratio of women to men is completely opposite than what you're used to. <laughs> it's easily 15 to 1. Uh, what? Really? Easily 15 to 1. Um, it's a bunch of white dudes and lots of Asian women from different Asian countries, the, the Philippines, China, uh, Japan, really? you name it. But here's the thing. Here's the issue. You can't tell which ones are there to party, because some oh. of them are just there to party, and which ones are there looking for a husband, and which ones are there to are, the are hookers. And which ones are ladyboys. And you can't tell. Oh, <laughs> right. I don't think ladyboys are big in Hong Kong. I think that's mm. Thailand. Uh, well, yeah, mm. but I'm sure they disperse because, uh, well, whatever. It's just what they tell you. Yeah. So I sat down and have a beer, and immediately, first of all, let me point this out. 
I now know what it's like to be a hot chick. (laughs) And I never want to hear you complain again, women, about being a hot... Oh, you treat me like an object, and... (laughs) Fuck that, it's fantastic. I can't just sit down and have a beer by myself. Oh, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm standing there, and it almost you almost feel like you got a booger in your nose. Because there you just people staring at you the whole time. And you can't... I kind of wanted to be left alone, to be honest, uh, because I just... You I didn't sound really like such a hot chick, man. God. I didn't know what. Yeah, to, wow. yeah, no, yeah. I didn't know what to do with myself. You wouldn't dress that way. Yeah, and you kind of stand there, and I felt like a like a giraffe painted like a zebra. It, uh, is, is it because you, I mean what what I pictured is because you're you're from the west. You're fair-skinned. You're tall. You're real tall. But, full but, of white guys. Place was full yeah, of white but guys. that's the thing. is It was a British colony, right? So it can't be that. So, so I was a bit taller. What do you uh, think it was? The long hair. I think it's that the ratio of women to men is like 10 or 15 to it 1. so desperate. And that women are looking, uh, I don't know. Like I said, this isn't every bar. I think this is that type that of bar specific, okay. where, people, where, where women go to do either to find a husband, to party, yeah. Or their hookers, or to spread, syphilis. and you can't tell which ones are which. Okay, I was offered a threesome. I was really? offered, yes. and, how, and how did that go down? Well, how did they say yeah. it? Did they just walk up to your yeah. table and do the accent? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, please right. close your eyes, JP. Okay. Just right. imagine you're <laughs> yeah. just squint real hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no. So I just I sat down at a table with a beer, and within uh, forty five seconds, were you alone? Um, to, yeah, where uh, was Kate? Uh, Kate was back at the. Chris White and I went out by ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We're it's mm-hmm. come on. What are we gonna do? Uh, it was we don't. It was one a.m. when we finally went out, and so the girls are like, "Well, we're tired," and we're like, "Oh, that's too bad. We were so looking forward to <laughs> to what we wanted to go yeah. check out." Well, that's all right, sweetheart. Why don't you get some rest? Can and, we just? Um, would you guys? Would you mind? Terribly? Yeah, I mean, is it all right? So, yeah. uh, so they well, went. If you really want us to? Oh no, it's okay. No, no, you. Yeah. you look rest. like you need yeah. rest. You look. Because like, I'm, I'm not tired. Yeah. I just, I'm just gonna lay around and wake you up. I, yeah. So no. So we went out. Right. And so it's just me and Whitey. And um, so it goes down. To the, then two women sit down next to me, one on either side. Where are you from? What's happening? Wow. Um, Making small talk that I and there's a band playing. I, I have really bad hand? hearing. Where was her hand? I, hands to themselves at this yeah. point. Were they Asian uh, women? I don't were know. Why. Uh, in this case, curious. they were both Filipino. Okay. Uh, and uh, and I can't hear in general anyway. Never mind with an accent. So I'm just saying what all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but eventually, the one you know gets in my ear and's like, uh, "So have you ever been with two women?" Oh, Jesus. And I don't even know how to answer. Uh, <laughs> frankly, I don't know how to answer. No. And I was just like, um, at the same time, well, I guess them? I've been with a few yeah. like over the years. My, <laughs> <laughs> you know? my mom and my sister-in-law drove me to the airport. Yeah, yeah. does that count? Um, I, I once had to sit in the middle of a bench seat when I was seven uh, on the way to the public pool. Yeah, and so and they could instantly tell that I wasn't there to. To get action, because I was like, "Oh, you, you're both lovely." I think that's end up. I think I think that's how I answered. I finally, I'm like, "Oh, you, you know what? The two of you, you're, you're lovely ladies." That's interesting. Uh, how you played it? How I would have played, played it a little bit differently. I was in the same position, but I would have played it a little bit further. Well, you're single, Tasty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, uh, you know, you could just like flip well, on the then, light. Kate, Kate brought some friends home. <laughs> yeah. well, can, you, can you get some ice yeah. from the ice machine? Yeah. What, what was Chris going to do if you just went off with? them 
go off with somebody else or wait. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Hang out with her. Oh, yeah. you were saying that was my other excuse. Yes, right. that was my other excuse. Keep well, so, so both of these women were whispering in your ear, and what Chris was just sitting there. How did that work? I'm pretty yeah. sure maybe. Maybe the same was happening. I don't know because my back was turned. I see. So it's. Mm. I suppose mm-hmm. it's possible. What happens in Hong Kong stays in yeah. Hong Kong. That the same thing was happening in this in the chair behind me. All I know is that I don't know why all single men right? don't move to Hong Kong. I need a time machine because the, <laughs> it, 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 uh, forward or backwards. <laughs> that out and the longer we stayed in the beer in the in the bar. In the, yeah. Uh, the more like dirty and creepy and awkward it got, which is like that's my jam. That's where I like it. Yeah. I like when it gets all seedy and weird. Oh, yeah. all right. And yeah. I'm just watching this stuff How? happen. What, like, yeah, what, 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 what's, what's the the high water mark for terrible seediness at are that you, bar? Were you watching yeah. the the other white gentleman work? Yeah. Okay. All when right, when yeah. were you like okay? Now it's feeling comfortable. <laughs> what, what was no, the moment? At, more to the point, when was it? Okay, we got to go. Uh, is it like oh. Reno at four in the morning? Like, yeah, we just yeah, went I, when I we got tired. Leave. Yeah, we yeah. had coming in the door. You we, can see that it's morning. We oh, just left. Oh, we I had that feeling. I didn't need another Carlsberg. <laughs> okay, so I'll point that out. The beer's not so great in Hong Kong yet. Yeah, I, I hope that that Chris White can do a little more business in Hong Kong and, and improve their beer scene because they're having trouble there. It sounds like we should open a brewery in Hong Kong. I'm telling you, I could move to Hong Kong. Okay. Yeah, the place is amazing. Um, I can't really describe. Uh, you have to go and see it. It's it's a hard place to describe. But all of this, all the things you think like, oh, it's it's China. You're going to eat lizards on the street, and it's and it's it's not that at all. Yeah. Uh, the it seemed like thirty uh, percent of the population just walking down the street were uh, either British or Australian or American. Everybody mm. speaks English. Um, uh, it's the biggest it's, melting pot I've ever seen. So it's like San Francisco. It's it is, and it's actually <laughs> it's what more, I there's more Chinese there. It's mm. what I like about Paris too. Paris is even more of a melting pot than San Francisco, mm. and I think Hong Kong is even more of a melting pot than that. Hmm. With the exception being that the baseline would would be Chinese or Asian, right? Okay. Instead of the baseline sure, being sure. white, like Paris, the, the baseline's white and then tons of you have other white people uh hong kong the baseline is asian and then tons of other people that sounds cool Hmm. i love the place sounds great it doesn't sleep the public transportation is easy to use the food is cheap the suits are cheap man not that so does everyone just look awesome uh there's there's some there's a lot of good looking people yeah yeah like and then there's dressed. like, and there's different parts of it too, like any city, right? So there, some parts you're like surrounded by Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Jaguars, yeah. And but the it still looks sort of city and seedy, and there's like a street market. That's my Thursday night. Did dude. you feel <laughs> safe about the food quality? Totally safe. Totally safe. Yeah, Hong Kong. Like I said, it, you got to think of it as very different than than your mainland China because it was under British rule for so long. Totally that, safe. You that, can drink that, the water. That got you through, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I had to. <laughs> well, right. That's why I was wondering for you. I actually only, only paying four dollars yep. for a yeah, fancy meal. It was the best uh, noodles, on a stick? noodles and wontons I've ever had. That, uh, that'd be oh, the that reason why I would go too. So we went into this busy like noodle house, and here's a different thing than the U.S. Uh, the place was packed to the line out the door, but the line moved really fast, and we discovered why. Uh, they sat us at a booth. Uh, there were three of us. It was a four person booth. And there was already somebody sitting there. Hmm. And they just made her get up, let us in, and then sit back down. She was in the middle of her meal. (laughs) And it's a tiny booth, right? Yeah. Uh, So it's not like these long, like, community tables. Like, the Germans, 
You just sit at a booth with a stranger. That person got done. They sat another person down with us, and they just oh, wow. you know, there's no like give me my own table at at some of these. Not not everywhere. So they make her she, get up and sit on the outside. Right. So she, she didn't can, split. Yes. Right? So she yeah. can split, yeah. and then another guy sat down. And genius. Uh, well, and she didn't even slide in. Uh, no, she got up. So, but again, like JP's saying, so that so that they did earlier. that so that they can get rid of her. She had already started eating, oh, and then sit another yeah. person down. Okay. And you don't see that in the U.S. No, like, uh, no, no. We'd no, be totally freaked out. We're by very that. awkward people yeah. when it comes yeah. to stuff like that. I, I mean, we didn't both. talk to her, and we just poked fun at her. But yeah, why would you? Yeah, I yeah. think a lot of the rest of the world does not have the uh, personal bubble space that we do. People get yeah. they talk yeah. much closer to one another. They live closer. They eat yeah. closer. We're weird. And, and the living closer is definitely true there. I mean, the, the population is enormous, and the apartment buildings are tall and compact and close together. And that uh, part's crazy. You'd have to be okay with the city. But I think I could live there like good four or five months out of the year, which is why I think you should start doing more shows, JP. So you can move to Hong Kong? <laughs> so I can move I'll to Hong Kong. I'll go to Hong Kong. Well, they're damn good if you get them once every few months. Right. Well, if you want to do four months yeah. of shows here, and, and then I'll then I'll come back and do four months, and you go there. It, oh, we, we can, could we could like uh, oh. a timeshare a flat in Hong Kong. We'll do the old swaparoo. I'd do that. Yeah. I would do that. You have to get on a plane. That's yeah. fine. Long plane. Right. Well, because then we'll we'll jaunt to to England, and then so in like four years. So by the time I get to Hong Kong, I'll just have to come back to do shows. I think England's. I don't think it's a jaunt just yeah. from Hong Kong to Warren, England. don't worry about it. Yeah, don't that was my whole thing. Is. I was like, oh, while I'm over there, I'll just go to all these places. It'll be no big deal. Yeah. They were all like 10-hour flights at a time. <laughs> well, Hong Kong has a Disneyland, so. It does, um, and I went near it, um, but I didn't go to it. Yeah, I knew you'd like mm. the, the Disneyland situation, but I didn't go there. Anyhow, that's my Hong Kong story, and I recommend going, especially if you're single. Because... Uh, Terran 3. <laughs> yeah. Some. Place is amazing. All right. Uh, what are we going to do? Maybe some... Uh, Let's do the news. Beer news? news? We have beer news. news. It's a 20-hour flight. What is? From yeah. Hong Kong LA, to... LAX to Hong Kong? Yeah. Oh. No, that's wow. not right. It's about right. Well, 18 to 24 depends on No, no, that's not right because I did it. My first flight was SFO to Hong Kong, and it was 13 hours. Uh, maybe you got the tailwind or you something. You took the Concord. Mm. I'm telling you, it was 13 hours. Those are decommissioned. Uh, well, I'm looking at a weird site probably, so don't worry about it. Did they stop over nowhere in the middle of the ocean thing? They told you you were in Hong Kong. <laughs> Welcome to Hong Kong. <laughs> this looks a lot like Norway. Don't look out the window. All right. Beer news brought to you today by homebrewstuff.com. Go check out homebrewstuff.com. A great uh, friend of ours. They've been a strong supporter of the show, and we love them for it. Homebrewstuff.com. Indeed. Hey, so the top story is that the uh, San Francisco Giants have won the World Series. Third time in five years, and it was all thanks to Justin being out of the country. They win every time I leave. Yep. <laughs> I'm happy to do it for the team. Uh, God love the Giants, although there, there actually is some beer news as it uh, pertains to this. The Giants are selling uh, empty Budweiser bottles from the locker room celebration for $69 wow. a piece. What? Would you guys pay uh, 70 bucks for an empty uh, Budweiser bottle? Are they really no. stooping yes. so low as to do that? Did you see that? I sent you the image from the, the clubhouse store. There it is. I did see it, but that... Well, That's a, kind of ridiculous, isn't it's it? It's super ridiculous. Not even kind of. No, not even yeah. in the realm of sort of. It's so, only ridiculous. No, I people, wouldn't. It's people kind of paying ins- for it. It's yeah. kind of insulting, actually. But that's it's what's insane. ridiculous. What's wrong with people? That's the question. Not right. what's wrong with the Giants. What's wrong I would with the not, buyers? Right. Even if it was craft beer, I wouldn't buy or, the yeah, empty the, bottle, the right? bottle. Yeah, forget it. Why is baseball now, still being okay. played? Now, that's maybe. All right, here's an exception. 
if they if all the teams signed a Cantillon bottle, sure, maybe th- yeah. it was like their celebration beer. Yeah, yeah. I'd buy that for seventy bucks. Yeah, but an c- empty bottle of Budweiser, of which there are four hundred lining right. a shelf. Yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah. and you don't know who actually drank it. Maybe it's an ESPN sportscaster oh, yeah. who poured it over their head. Right, yeah. and yeah. not maybe to it's mention the janitor. Not right. to mention how disappointed I am in my Giants for only having Budweiser in the in the locker <laughs> yeah. room. Right. Yeah, that's disappointing. Well, and it took Bonkers. them seven games. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, the, well, I mean, the, the whole thing is a, is a little ridiculous. Like the, the whole uh, locker room celebration, the way that it's a guy, you know, I mean, the, what it start as, you know, some guy in the 50s, Mickey Mantle, you know, popped up thing of champagne and sprayed his teammates sort of impromptu. Now it's like it's the they thing. tape off the entire locker room in 40 inches of freaking Viz Queen, you know, and then, <laughs> and then all the camera guys, and it's like all the, they got ski masks, ski goggles. So you're like, yeah, it's, it's hardly a celebration oh, if you're right? doing what you're expected. Exactly. It should be like a spontaneous that's like the they should, the zoo, next year they shouldn't yeah. do it no so, they should light each other on fire yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so the cameraman come with ski mask and balacavas <laughs> and whatever remember when a balacava was called a ski mask yes. and then uh, and then just they're standing around and then it's like uh, <laughs> no. No, nothing's happening we're just hugging yeah yeah. Just, it's cool and everything. Yeah. We, we won last absurd. year. Exchange and vigorous high fives. They <laughs> do it after every round. So the celebration for making the playoffs, mm. winning the wild card, winning the first round, second round, it's all the same celebration. Yeah. But isn't that mm. just typical of baseball fans? Like They cheer the first strike thrown, and then by inning three, they're like, I'm so bored, I'm not going to not gonna <laughs> cheer until inning nine. But they no, also know all the stats right. of everything that's ever happened. Half of well, that's true, because it's a statistical game. I don't agree, yeah. I don't agree with JP's statement any more than soccer or or hockey or anything no, else. No, no, it's very uh, different. But the champagne thing is now every sport <laughs> also. champagne thing? Yeah, you jerk off the champagne <laughs> yeah. bottles and spray it's in your friend's face. Like. Yeah. That's every sport now too, right? Like when they win the Super Bowl, oh, they do yeah. the same thing. Um, car yeah. Yeah. Car yeah. drink champagne. They all look the same. Well, God love the Giants. Congratulations, uh, guys. And... Uh, if you got $69, go buy an empty bottle of Budweiser. Yeah. Uh, as if the prospect of getting paid is not enough, one company has invented a machine that offers free beer as an incentive to get employees to fill out their time cards. Hmm. This is in Minneapolis. Hmm. They're called Cole and McVoy. It's an ad agency. They've created a machine they call the Tap Server, a one-of-a-kind beer deployment system that rewards employees with free beer for doing their timesheets. Workers scan their key cards, and if their timesheets are up to date, they use an iPad interface to select one of four beers on draft. So I sent you a picture of this one, too. I saw that, yeah. I think it's just next to the entrance of the office. I don't quite so, understand it. Here's why this is a good idea. and It's not that people need an incentive per se. To, to It's not that people don't want to clock in and clock out. It's that they forget. Because who the hell wants to clock in and clock out? You just you don't forget. Don't get me started. Right? Bebo forgets yeah. every freaking morning. Oh, see, Do you see I'm still clocked in from this morning. I have to adjust that. <laughs> see, so oh. technically, employees want to clock in and clock out because they want to get paid. It's just not at the top of their radar. But you add beer to the mix. Oh, now they're on it. We're like rats, right? You just give us a little... We're Pavlov's dog. You give us a little reward with a beer, and we'll clock in every time, right? Yeah, if we're doing what you're supposed to do. Well, exactly. But if it's not working, then why be afraid to add a little incentive? Maybe you ought to put taps in your office, I'm the only one that can change the time clock. And punch you in and punch you out, because I've yeah. got that. And how many times? Uh, we forget to punch in or punch out for lunch. Give them an incentive. Give them a little Adam okay. and My incentive is like, I'm going to dock card. you 10 minutes. Yeah, Nine times out of 10, they did it on purpose, because they were late or they would come back Trust from me, late. Trust me, I know Yeah, this. for sure. Well, this By the way, incentive, that's negative incentive. Yeah, it has to be positive incentive. Hey, I'm just talking psychology here. jabbing them something sharp. It's just psychology. <laughs> you got an office full of that shit. I know. Yeah. If you do decide to implement that, Doc, you can uh, do what this place is also doing. They are uh, 
measuring ounces consumed by employee um, just for fun. So basically, there's an office leaderboard for a company lush. So Big Brother's watching. Yeah, that's a bad one there. That's a Big Brother yeah, thing. Because I wouldn't do well in Every that. time you're uh, swiping your car, you're, the company's getting data on you. Right, and, yeah. Well, but yeah. They also They're like, why is Crosley's card here again? <laughs> his car is here again. <laughs> oh, because he had 12 when he clocked out. Yeah. Yeah, they claim, uh, Cauley and McVoy, that since launching the system, uh, attitudes of timesheets have changed, and it's improved 90%, they say, the accuracy of the time cards. Yeah. But that's uh, install more women's bathrooms. Everybody's sleeping <laughs> yeah, on the right. job. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Employees They're are also in. finding their coworkers uh, about 70% more attractive. Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh. That's right. All right. Next story. Uh, local, which is the uh, League of Oklahomans for Change in Alcohol Laws, has <laughs> kicked off its Free the Taps campaign, which aims to change state laws regarding breweries. Uh, recent legislation allows Oklahoma breweries to give tours and give out a free 12-ounce sample of beer, um, but they cannot sell their beer on site, thanks Ooh. to our good friend, the three-tiered system. Uh, Oklahoma wineries, though, they can sell their wine. So on those, on those grounds, uh, local is saying uh, they're crying foul. According to Russ Melton, president of the Arkansas Brewers Guild and owner of Diamond Bear Brewing Company in Little Rock, Arkansas was in a similar situation in the early 2000s. He headed up a group there that in 2003 got laws passed that gave breweries the freedom to sell their beer on site. So there's good precedent. If you recall, Texas had the opposite problem where you could sell your beer on site but not in stores. Mm. Uh, that was changed in 2013 due to folks like our friends at Jester King, and the Texas beer scene has exploded, so similar things look to be in store for Oklahoma if local can get this done. I predict it will pass. I mean, it's just antiquated laws, and as soon as the state goes, oh, wait, we'll make more money, done. Let's hope so. Local's holding rallies uh, as it prepares to fund what it could be a lengthy battle if the state balks. You never know, even though the prospect of revenue is there. So uh, wish them luck. If you want to support it, you can go to localok.org. There you go. And uh, let's do a couple more. This is an interesting kind of sciencey one. The next time you see a fruit fly hovering around your glass, don't swat it. Appreciate it because you are witnessing a unique relationship between yeast and insect. A new study has come out. It revealed that yeast has evolved to secrete a fruity scent that attracts fruit flies on which they hitch a ride for greener pastures. So it was a, a Belgian geneticist. He was working with two types of yeast, a normal strain and another with a mutation that caused the cells to produce less odor during fermentation. And by coincidence, a group of fruit flies had escaped from a genetics lab next door. <laughs> when the guy returned to work Monday, he discovered that the insects had found their way into the smelly yeast, but had ignored the mutant colony. They also turned him into a man fly. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that movie? No. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, 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 man flies. Poor Jeff. <laughs> and they're coming north now, and they've killed several people. <laughs> Three peak two. Yeah, they're making their way north yeah. for the last 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense that fruit flies would evolve to be attracted to yeast odors because it, it's, you know, it smells like rotting fruit. But what was in it for the yeast, they wondered. Um, this guy, this Belgian genesis, thinks he has an answer. Um, additional experiments by his group revealed that yeast cells were capable of sticking to the tiny hairs on the fruit fly's appendages. Right. So every time a, a fly found a new fruit, it, bought, it brought the yeast along with it. Uh, moreover, scientists discovered that the yeast were more likely to emit their fly-attracting odors when their populations were growing rapidly, suggesting that the aromas were an evolutionary adaptation that prevents a yeast colony from becoming overcrowded. Wow. They literally just fly away with fruit flies. That's super. That last part is the most interesting part. The fruit part, I, I think I saw you do the same thing I did, Taste. You kind of shake your head because we know about fruity esters and things. Yeah. Yeah. So you go, oh, okay. But the last part where they are actually working together is pretty amazing. Yeah. When, and when the yeast is at its healthiest, yeah. that's when you could lose a couple cells. Yeah. And, go and they, in fact, they, almost, they want it because they're like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's not enough, the herd. There's not enough right. sugar. 
Yeah. You should send that story to Whitey. Uh, and seriously, he, I thought he about loves this kind of stuff, yeah. and uh, it's just an interesting uh, finding. I will. And uh, in the meantime, one last story from Florida. They're saying Florida is violating the Constitution by arbitrarily banning restaurants, taverns, and breweries from selling or filling growlers. We've talked about this before, the Florida Growler Bill. Um, there is now a civil rights lawsuit that's been filed in federal court by the owners of a brew pub near West Palm Beach called the Crafted Keg. Um, for two years in a row now, attempts to end the ban were scuttled, as we've reported on this show. Um, and under current law, you can you can sell your beer in other size containers, gallon, quart, but you cannot fill a growler. So you this still the, can't? I thought it passed that you could. But you still can't? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my understanding is that you still cannot. Okay. So it, it got uh, tacked on to that Kelly Stargill bill about uh, how distributors. You, you'd ha- if you're a brewer, you'd have to sell right. your beer to a distributor and then buy it yeah. back, and the, the beer never leaves your brewery. Yeah. They tried to meld that in with the growler thing, and part of it failed, part of it didn't. It's all very convoluted. So what is this brewery being stopped from doing? They can't fill growlers. Oh, so it's just the growler part. Yeah, it's, but it's the, just but the, the law says battle. that they can't. They cannot. The law says they cannot. They can fill, but they can fill uh, other so sizes. Yes, correct. So they're filing a civil suit saying it's against the Florida Constitution? Yes. That Because the, they can't fill ground. Violating the U.S. Constitution. They didn't specify which Constitution. Well, this is a U.S. Oh, they didn't specify. Well, it must be time it, in the U.S. It, it's, it's just dumb. It's, whatever it's violating, <laughs> it just makes no sense. You, you can fill which, a... Uh, yeah, which, which amendment, which amendment are they? Uh, yeah. Which Florida are right. we talking about? Yeah, I really. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a, Wake those people up. It's a half gallon container of yeah, growler. Yeah. You can fill a gallon size container and right. a quart, but just a- not this one two. specific not the right size. Right to bear growlers. Right to bear of sixty four ounces. <laughs> right I think that's the U.S. Constitution. 30, Clearly, thirty first amendment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you notice in Australia they laughed at us every time we we used our uh, units of measure? Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad now. They did. Mentioned 67 Fahrenheit here without. Oh, yeah. Same. I also often got laughed at when I asked for tasters. Um, oh. uh, like a taster, like a set. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Only Farrell over on the purse side was like, oh, yeah, here you go. Everyone else was like, oh, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. they sold, sold beer and, and had lots of different sized glasses there because it's like $10, $11 a pint. Yeah, and sometimes you don't want to, you know, spend all your budget on two pints. So sure, you can get a uh, half pint or what do they call it. I would be happy just with, name, the, but... with the gallons in Florida. That's fine. I can buy by the gallon. Sure. Well, a gallon uh, is a lot of beer. I mean. Yeah, it but is. that's weird for uh, one kind of beer. Floridians yeah. to yeah. shy away from over, you know, overdoing something. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're shying away from underdoing it because the gallon's fine, but the half gallon, right. no good. Yeah. Right. Well, that's so, what I mean. Like, oh yeah, let's just forget right. about the half gallon. In fact, make it a rule: you can't fill anything, anything under half, and anything yeah. under a gallon. Right. They're like, this it's isn't politics. It's just that you're a pussy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you want a barrel beer? <laughs> Take a fun. gallon yeah. or not? It's like, yeah. can I fill two growlers? I'll drink them both tonight. I swear. Yeah. Can I refill this keg? Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. How about if I just don't call it a growler? Give me a straw. Yeah, totally. That's fine. Sixty-three and a half gallon. Can I have a half pint? Get the fuck out of here! What's wrong with you, pussy? All right. Yeah. That, that is uh, the news brought to you by our friends at uh, homebrewstuff.com. You can skip the lines and save big this uh, cyber whatever Cyber Friday. Yeah. 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 At homebrewstuff.com/slash/promotions, they got all the deals what you ever wanted. Homebrewstuff.com. Excellent. Check it out. All right. Also, don't forget our wonderful sponsor over at Adam and Eve. You can go to adamandeve.com and use coupon code BNARMY. They sent me a new copy, but... I was looking for that while you were gone. Yeah, you read it once right before you left. It's in... um, Yeah. You pointed out those new It's where it should be. what he said before. Let me find it. That thing you said one time. Here it is. Right here. Um, 
Hey, JP, let me ask you a question. What's up, buddy? Are you getting enough? I am not. <laughs> I bet you'd love more, right? I would. Well, AdamandEve.com wants to give you more. Oh, I need oh, more, as a matter of fact. This is very timely. Well, how about 10 free gifts? Taryn, too. I need some more gifts. <laughs> Good call. Thank you. All right, so first you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Oh, I like that. That's one. She definitely needs that. Is someone keeping a tally? Yeah. A so sexy for, a surprise for her. For turn uh, two? Second, a, yes, for turn two. <laughs> a turbo uh, Second, a specially selected uh, toy for him. Oh, that's me. Oh. That's the, Ew. Okay. Yeah. Jason won. Well, right. it could it might not be you. You're not home all the Fuck. time. Yeah, you're right. Actually, um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Adam even specifying. <laughs> uh, I'm not home now. Nipple clamps. Uh, third, a little yeah. something we know you'll both enjoy. Oh. oh like a, like I think a, that is you and her. Like a gift certificate or something. Something. Okay. Uh, plus, oh, that was three, right? Okay, you're right. Yeah. Uh, plus six full-length adult movies Jesus. on DVD. Wow. Anything with the words full-length makes me feel inadequate. Yeah, well... Yeah. But these are DVDs. The average length? Uh, and then finally, number 10, <laughs> free shipping on your entire order. So what do you have to do to get your 10 free gifts? I'm glad you asked. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. Uh, it could be an adventurous toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, yeah. anything that you or whoever's with Taryn My right now desires. Kind of. <laughs> uh, well, Jack doesn't really like um, <laughs> toys. And he's, then, all, he's all man. Uh, is Jack the one who wrote in the spam of the week? <laughs> Might be. Uh, and then enter uh, uh, coupon code BNARMY at checkout. Yeah. And that's all you have to do. You'll get 10 free gifts. Uh, go check out adamneve.com today. Oh, so they're uh, upping their game big time. Yeah, one yeah. item, 10 free gifts. It's easy. Wow. Uh, including free shipping. Just enter uh, coupon code BNARMY. I should have brought a whole bunch of dildos and stuff to Hong Kong. I feel like if I just had them in my pockets and like <laughs> hanging around my neck and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> like charms, like bobble, you'd be like a gypsy, yeah. like sex, you'd be a sex gypsy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I feel like I would have been like an uber hot chick. Everybody dresses like this in, in San Francisco. Everybody <laughs> should go and see what it feels like to be a hot chick once in their life. Bevo, you ready for that? Oh, oh, come on. High five through the glass. Oh, no. Viva. High five through the glass. High five through the glass. It's a sad yeah. shaking if, if, of yeah. her head. If she remembers to like four years ago, it'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's a backhanded compliment. You guys are so mean. <laughs> no, but really. <laughs> you guys are jerks. Yeah, guys. Laughing on the inside, Justin. Don't lie. <laughs> I mean, it's only when you're not wearing a booby shirt that we do that. It's Thanks, your own fault. That makes me oh, was that? Oh, I thought that was a compliment. Yeah, well, <laughs> it sort Shit. of is. I think she's being a real bitch for yeah. shooting you down. Yeah, that's rude. Whatever. I have a really good personality and a great husband. Yeah. Great husband. <laughs> you're going places in life. Yeah. Really, I'm so nice to people. I'd write that story. Your career skyrocketing. And you know, you're all set. You had such a great job. <laughs> oh, my God. Your boss is great. Oh Just, you're picking right now. The future's really looking up. Yeah, people understand you. Yeah. All right. Let's do the Twitter game and get the fuck out. All right. Twitter game is Justin is finally back after 10 years uh, yeah. straight. Oh. 12 years a slave. I'm ready to go again. And uh, I wanted to know what everyone thought that uh, what weird sort of bizarre Australian uh, thing that he came back with. Right. Syphilis. Yeah, syphilis. Uh, surprisingly, not syphilis. 
But uh, maybe you just opened up. I don't know. Came back uh, to Hong Kong. Ba- <laughs> Baron Sluder writes uh, snakeskin nutters. Maybe that's your new thing. I don't Is know. Is that a... Oh, I have a thing to wear. But I don't think they have... Sn- oh, I have yeah, a gift snakes? for you that was given. Speaking of nuts... I um, like gifts. Somebody gave us... Um, in fact, it was... Brendan gave us uh, two camel scrotum sacks. Oh, I like that. Yeah, one for me, one for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Imagine sacks. actual camel scrotum. Oh, But wonderful. you can keep things in it, like, keep- your, like your 15-sided die or whatever. Oh, yeah. So they, weed in there. they kept the yeah. nuts? You just got the scrotum? Just a scrotum. No, that's too bad. I think they eat the nuts. Keep your weed in there. They probably do. Yeah. Okay, I think they make soup out of it. I have that for you. Uh, Gator Beer says he can only sleep in a pouch now. (laughs) Maybe that's your thing. (laughs) That might be true. Um, Our close friend Nico Bruce says, uh, your new thing now is shouting up your bum when anything exciting happens. I don't think that's a real thing. Ironically excluding when something is actually shoved up your bum. Right. I wouldn't yell at them. Every time I've ever said to an Aussie, because I was told that by my first Aussie that when you cheer, you say up your bum, no babies. Yeah. Uh, Every time I've ever done that, I just get looked at weird. I don't think it's a thing. It starts being mm. Latin to you. I think I was told that like, like to be the up your bum no babies, like yeah. to be the jerk, right? So I stopped saying it. So that one doesn't win. <laughs> That's probably good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sugar Valley Brewer. Yeah. Says oh, uh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly, Beverly's out of this. Uh, he says uh, an incredible fascination with kangaroo pussy. Oh. <laughs> So it's still very awkward, <laughs> but it doesn't have anything to do with Beverly. Could, yeah. Is there anybody more awkward than Sugar Valley Brewer? Uh, Chris Kennedy. <laughs> that, that is true. Yeah. All right. Thank A you. new meaning for pouch. Oh, man. Oh, um, Songful Chris says, uh, you now hunt wild, endangered, and blind animals like Beardy. Right. No. Uh, what? Keith R. Allen says, Justin now says phrases like, crikey, this beer is as nasty as a tasty Sheila at 5 a.m. Mm. Apparently, uh, at 5 a.m., Tasty's uh, chicks are uh, nasty. nasty. Oh, I get it. A Tasty Sheila. Like one of your Sheila's. Sheila's. Yeah. I didn't get the oh, Tasty. Oh. I was using the actual definition of Tasty. Right. I, was oh, like, I thought it was the Sheila. How can a Tasty Sheila taste no, that? Know what a oh, I got, I got yeah. it the first time. I pronounced it with a capital T. It made perfect T. sense to me. Yeah, I guess mm, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, William Boone says, uh, Justin has decreed that all toilets in the hop grenade will flush counterclockwise. Yes. Yep. That is your new thing. Gay Kyle says uh, you refer to the Washington Redskins as the Washington Aboriginals now. <laughs> and last, That's but, stupid. last but not least, That's so gay. beer fan Paul says Justin's friends are now his mates, and his really close friends are good cunts. Oh, <laughs> that is Australian, is actually, that a thing? isn't it? What? Is, I think it's the English part of Australia, right? No, no, that was proven that that's not a word they use in England a lot oh, by is. our friend Scott. Yes, it, no, remember uh, at that show we had in your garage where Scott was like, "No, C word, C word," and they're like looking at him like, "Yeah, but that's Whoa. different. Uh, it's used a lot." Now. Oh yeah, yeah. maybe it's more Scottish. Lot. I mean, it, you don't use it in church yeah. or anything, but or around the Queen. Well, that's but nice. you know. I mean, well, what if you really want to emphatically uh, make a point about the Lord? Uh, you still can, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know. I mean, no. he is your real best friend. <laughs> I stopped yeah. myself for Bevo's sake. I was about to use Lord and the C word the Thank same. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, set but, me up, I mean, I have you know, whatever, yeah. but Bevo. If yeah. I can think of one man <laughs> who's the largest, um, <laughs> uh, uh, so there you go. Huh. I like uh, that you can only sleep in a pouch. I thought that was pretty funny. Okay, I like that, yeah. Um, I did like Gay Kyle. I liked Gay Kyle. <laughs> Washington <laughs> Aboriginals. I liked both of those. It's the only two. one that I lulled. Uh, I think the pouch is the funniest one, right? All right, yes. Scrappy Hound. It's a gator beer. All right.
Does that mean he's from Florida? He could Florida. be a Florida Gator. No. It's possible. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, congratulations on winning our Twitter game. If he's a Floridian, let's send him a growler. <laughs> the umbrella. No, yeah, you'll never be able to get this yeah. filled. Take that shithead. It's like sending Justin to pack condoms. Yes. Uh, all right. Hey, don't forget about all our other shows, uh, including Brewing with Style with uh, yeah. Jamel and Tasty and John Plisse. Uh, that usually uploads on uh, Tuesdays and airs on the uh, first uh, Tuesday. Uh, of the month. Are you guys doing it tomorrow? Usually, yes. Um, no, due to some scheduling conflicts, but uh, we have to get this month's on the calendar. We can do it a bit later, but uh, I always put them up for download. In fact, I might have some in the can uh, from while I was gone. I've got a sour hour for you. Uh, don't forget about those new shows and uh, tons of programming on the BN for you. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, this week, and um, I guess I'll see you next week, right? Yeah, okay. maybe. Okay. I don't know what happens yeah. tomorrow. I won't see any of you ever. You might die. It's a good, wow. Yeah. Is it, you've decided, be, uh, Beardy? No, because oh, he's I, blind, stupid. See? Oh, I thought, Gosh, was, you... I thought tonight he was going to off himself. I, <laughs> it's not that I was yeah. worried. I just was like, well, shit, Doc, are you available next week? <laughs> I might not see you again. And uh, here, have my shoe. Well, I mean, <laughs> you guys really think I should? I mean, I no, do. I mean, yeah. No, I do. I'm not going to get out, out of it. I mean, only if you want to. I mean, I wouldn't. I think it yeah. takes oh. a real man to off himself. <laughs> I think it's a brave oh, thing. I, I'm a do. real man. Yeah. Wait, wait, of, wait, just really quickly. I heard yesterday what Sammy the douche came oh, to Halloween awesome. as. Oh, yeah. oh, speaking of fantastic. speaking of too soon. Did you hear this, JP? We yes, went I to did. his mother's house, like with our kid. And- you know, to do the trick-or-treating thing. And she was like, oh, Sam, what are you? And then she's like... Sam came oh, to the Hot Grenades Halloween party as Mork, as in Mork and Mindy, with a belt with tied belt. around his and neck. And what? Oh, zombie makeup. And he had, like, red, like, purplish makeup around his neck to show bruising. Now, let me also note... Oh, that he dude. did the same thing a few years ago when he came as zombie Patrick Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks after Patrick Swayze bit it. It was too It's always too soon. Sam, it, we should change his name to too soon. <laughs> Sammy, too soon more. <laughs> that actually is accurate on if, so many if levels. Were, yeah, yeah. If he, he were in the mafia, the time. his name would be Sammy, too soon more. Sammy, too soon. Where's Sammy, too soon? Uh, yeah. Crying in the When's corner. he going to be here? That's jacked up, man. All right, we'll see you next week. JP, get us out of here, right. please. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beard. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Thanks to Stephen Booner, author of Sacred Healing Herbal Beers, for joining us tonight. Grab his book and learn how to make beer without hops for once in your life, would you? Follow JP on Twitter, Major Jip, and discover a magical world of whimsy and wonder and cats, and that's about it. Warren was pretty sure he he was here, though he'd be hard-pressed to prove it ever. For some good beer inside and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell and Tasty McDee. Production director on the session of the Pushy Jack. Today's show has been produced by Scott Moskowitz. JP was planning his birthday trip to Disneyland. Bevo was texting the Adam and Eve code to Sam constantly. And your host was Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brew Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Sky and winning the race, JP does great as his cherry.